Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're going to go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo. All right, all right. Well, guys, welcome back to the Craft Impero podcast. You're here with your host, the and Viking. Just like that, we're going. And the Bourbon Cowboy. And we're sitting here with uh, Uncle Shane. Yo, yo. Proprietor of the Cigar Vault here in Pacific, Damn. Missouri. And... The nickname cigar guy. I, I'm, so, I'm just so sad. Hang on, nickname time. No, I'm working cigar on the nickname. Guy. What you, is the you, nickname? You, Shane has a very particular nickname for me. Well, let's hear it. Meow. Me. Meow. You have to say it out loud. <laughs> Meow. Does. Every That's time gonna make for a long conversation. Meow. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> All right. We'll get into that. It's yeah. not that I like it. But, well, it you're smiling. Like Most people don't like nicknames <laughs> that they smiling. get. There you go. That's fair. And you didn't pick your own, so that's You didn't deal. until after the fact, and then you realized, wow, Shane, thank you very much for First of all, nobody picks their own nicknames. Yep, yep. Name. Seven months later, I'm just living the good life. <laughs> and right now, instead of Norm, it's meow. <laughs> well, sometimes if you do a really good job, it's me wow. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> so I've only heard okay. it twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah All well. right, so we're sitting down here today. Uh, Cigar Vault is closed on Tuesday, but we had to come down, see her sit with Shane, Meow, Norm. Um, I think Jen may be in here a little while later and pop in, but these guys are busier than hell, so thanks for sitting down with us and hanging out. We haven't actually done a podcast. So we called this meeting? We called this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Haven't actually done a podcast with just you sitting down. Correct. So we're going to make you talk Correct. everything obnoxiously annoying about the cigar world. Correct. All right. With none of the dumb questions we've asked you in the past and we won't repeat them again. So, well, we're all firing up some hooligans. Um, wanted to jump into it. The selection there is growing up, man. Like, a lot, I like how you guys constantly... It changes. We not not, three not drastically, right, right. but the kind of roll in, roll out, roll back, the way it plays around in there. Yep. Yeah, we added three more shelves. Um, just keep asking our people what they want, and we keep introducing new ones and telling them to try this, that, and the other thing, and uh, there you go. I was lighting my cigar. <laughs> Hang on. Still oh, going. That's all right. Is this yep, is the, the fireplace new? I don't remember that before. Um, it's been here for a minute. It's winter time, you know. We had oh, to got to create that ambiance. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what we do. I haven't been. We haven't been back in this room in a while. It seems like. I bet it's been two, three months, maybe since we've been back in here. Yeah. yeah. Last event I think probably. The last one we did out front. Uh, didn't me and you do uh, oh we did a podcast but then we went up there and we watched the Mizzou LSU game right that was October 1st so you're spot on it's been two and a half months mm-hmm. well I'm just saying look at that man <laughs> excellent 
that is as high of a shot of our group as we've ever had. Yeah. It's a good angle. You know, yeah. When we're taking pictures, women are always like, oh, put the camera up high. Yeah. Makes us all look younger. Angles, and fit, that's right. Younger and fitter, baby. <laughs> yes, I could attest to that. I've never done it, but my arm only reaches. I, yeah, I don't do it's, it's literally the most annoying thing in the world. Well, people come to me because I'm tall. And, well, they're like, and, and some of these women are like, huh, nobody's that tall. Can you, you know? <laughs> can, can you mind taking the picture? But do it like That's like one of the funniest things I've ever seen is when you're in public in like a tourist area. I was like, hey, would you mind taking the picture? You know, some nice guys. Like, yeah, man, I got you. And she's like, higher, higher. Okay, can you do it landscape now? Thank you. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, but there are those people, too. Hey, can I, you want me to take your picture? You want me to take, I mean, I never ask anybody, do you want me to take your picture? I just feel intrusive. But, man, there are a lot of people that like Well, and it's generational, too, because, yeah, anybody under the age of 30 wants to do a selfie, right? And they want to have yeah. that selfie angle. So all of a sudden you have some you know old dope like me walking up there going, hey guys, you want to take a picture? And yeah, you know, they're like, no, no, we just want to do a selfie. Okay, so I'm the opposite. I'm the guy who always asks. See, I find it all annoying. I mean, how many pictures do we need? Right. I'm just like, really? I have a pickup load of my wife when we were growing up and we had kids. She's like, good news, babe. I got our pictures back. It was only 35 cents more, and I got doubles. I'm like, why? So we've got double pickup loads of everything because you need a backup picture for every picture. Right, right. But you and shouldn't keep them stored together in case that picture is in a box yeah, in the basement kind of floods. Well, let's just hope the humidity level wasn't bad. At, well, anyway. <laughs> and now the younger generation, I mean, they have already 5,000 pictures of their kids just this year. Well, you know, with the phone, I mean, that's the thing, too, Yeah, right? Yeah, we used to take, like, one picture, maybe two, like a backup. Right. Just, you know, it costs money to get things developed. Now, it's just... Yeah, and then and you just go back and delete old shit because your iCloud's full. Or, or, you, well, buy, that, or you buy more buy storage. More space, yeah, sorry, right? sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only $3. Come on, man. I, mean, I think I have, like, 18,000 pictures. And to your point, that's, like, in the past year. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Woohoo, I'm young. Right. <laughs> Dude, that's, like, it's like having doubles or something. I've seen this a couple times in the past couple of years. So, you know, most when you buy a new ve- newer vehicle these days, it's all fobs, right? It's not really keys, right. whatever. Yep. But you'll still get two remotes. You've seen the ones that carry both remotes in the same chain? Uh, yep. And I'm like, now what happens when you lose your keys? You lose the keys. Like, this isn't even the kind of thing where you can put an extra key under the wheel well or in the gas tank. Like, it's a fucking key fob, man. Like, <laughs> you lose them both. They're gone. Yep. They're absolutely gone. I have a hysterical story about losing a key fob that is not appropriate for this venue. but Which venue? Know. This lounge or this podcast? Both. Because somebody else will hear it and I don't want them to. All right, then. <laughs> well, we won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot to turn my phone off. There's always that one guy. I, had no, I think that's the first. I don't remember this happening too much. It is a, a solicitor anyway, so we'll lock that down on spam airplane mode. Good old spam risk. No, it's now, somebody you guys, if you get a house. spam risk, do you block it? I do. Yeah, I try to. I, when they yeah. come in, just yeah. to, because I, I, I've, I don't know how much that shit actually works. You know, it's all call logs. They get your number from right. something you did online or whatever, and I try to block and report them. Yeah. Um, but because originally I would just fucking delete them, right? Yeah. 
And then they call back the next you know, day. Because then I'm like, yo, I'm calling someone and I'm going through my phone. I'm like, okay, it's the 314675 number. And I'm like, well, there's like nine of them. Yep. I'm like, all right, well, it wasn't important enough to save anything about you, so I'm not worried about that. But so I just, I try to delete them and get rid of them. Well, now I get but, ones that are green checked, verified numbers. Yeah. That will still come through and I'll be whatever. And I had one, um, a girlfriend of a buddy of mine, she was able to, she had some program on her phone where she could spoof other people's numbers. So it would make her look like when she was calling you, it would make you look like... Your some, mom? Yeah, your mom was calling <laughs> oh, you Oh, shit. Oh. And so, yeah, she was always a little suspicious of where her boyfriend was at. So she would do that and it would look around my phone like he was calling. So we'd be out somewhere and be like, oh, uh, he must have gotten lost. Yeah, and he'd say, oh, hi. And I'm like, shit, son of a bitch. I picked it up. Yeah. You know? Damn, wow. that's sick. Yeah, it's I like heard. Russian technology. That's sick. That's not nice. No, no. <laughs> you got it. You're not allowed to be friends with your, boy, with your buddy's girlfriend anymore. She can't call you. New yeah, number. pretty good looking. Yeah, well, so, okay, well, yeah. we don't know where your mind's at. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking, right, right. I heard the Kansas City coach did that to uh, Andy Reid, did it to Kelsey when he called him. So I guess Kelsey was waiting for a call from somebody, and he got a 314 number. And he's like, oh, shit. It's oh, Saint when he was drafting. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to go oh, to St. Louis. Oh, shit, St. Louis is calling. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't want to pick up the phone. And he picked it up, and it was Andy Reid. That's fantastic. And the rest of it's over. I love that. Then there's also that, like, crazy, weird, sketchy side of it now with these AI bot callers that, you know, I was reading something today that it says they only need three seconds of your uh, vocalization, yeah, and they can judge great. your octaves and everything. <sighs> and... The newest scam, or I don't know how new it is, but the one that's reported on is it's like grandparents that have college kids. The grandma's getting a call from her daughter, her granddaughter in college that's like, hey, I'm filling out these transfer forms. I need your social security number for reference, blah, blah, And they're just blah, 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 spitting it out. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, because it's a granddaughter's voice. Damn. And yeah, like that, that's why. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Voice. yeah. And they're getting they're getting that good. It's oh, fucking wow. wild. Like, um. You know Lex Friedman is? He's a MIT scientist, dude. He's a super whatever guy. He um, conspiracy theorist, uh, but he's legitimately a bioengineer. Like, he's gen- genius level. Um, he had Zuckerberg on his podcast, and they did it in the metaverse. They did the entire podcast, and at the end of it, took the headphones off and showed the split screens. They weren't even... They were in... He was in Boston or in Texas, and Zuck was in California or something like that. They did the entire thing, and the recreation software that's in that that headset um, generated them. Sitting at the table, it looked like it was the real thing. Then they popped it off, and it was like they were on Zoom call. Yeah, roll the clock back 18 years ago. I started at Wells Fargo. We had virtual conference rooms even 18 years ago where... You'd sit at a conference table, and there'd be like six of us on one side, and the other side of the table was really a whole thing. It was a screen, but you saw the other half of the table and the other six people sitting on the other side who were in San Francisco. Right. And so, you know, even so 18 years ago, that technology to do it, and it, it, I mean, it was like a 4K screen. I mean, it looked realistic, but now to be able to take that, and that was a huge corporate saying that cost us a bajillion dollars. Right. But they just did it so we could have real time, you know, that, that feeling. Obviously, with COVID, everybody working from home. You know, things changed with, you know, all the online stuff or whatever. But now that technology is starting to backtrack to where at home, to your point, you'll be able to sit there with your VR mask on and look like you're doing whatever with whoever. Right. And now what we're, you know, in the financial industry, one of the things we're facing is with all the AI stuff, 
is now you know people have phone calls video calls it could look and sound like the real person verifying data because years ago we used to use um, voice recognition to be able to verify somebody's you know that was them now you can't do that anymore because the ai is so good yeah i didn't even think about that yeah. like when you're trying to call your you know, i just think about that now like when i get a hold of vanguard you call them and you're talking to them and it's what's the last for you social uh, what did they ask for? Last for your social. Um, zip code. Yeah, use your birthday. And birthday, birthday and full name. And if you, you can just get that information from somebody. Which, yep. And sound like them, you own their life. Yeah. Or you just take it away. <laughs> right. We, yeah, we have a friend who she just got, so we've all heard about the big cyber attacks where they go into industry and they lock everything down. They, they lock down their computers or whatnot. And that's ransomware, right? They, they hold you for ransom to, you know, MGM casinos. Mm. Is that a big thing in Vegas of that? Now they're doing it with people. We have a friend who they've locked all her bank accounts. They've locked down all her credit cards. They've locked everything down and stripped the money out of them and said, hey, listen, unless you pay us X amount of dollars, we won't give you control back. So everything, that's her crazy. 401k thing, I mean, it, it is, and the money's gone. It's like it never existed. Just yeah. looks like it's gone. Yep, the money is gone. So unless That's she pays terrible. them whatever they're asking, the and it there's and these are Russian hackers or whatever. There's there's no tracking it. There's no tracing it. It's paying. That sucks so bad. That's like these um these NFT things. Like, I mean, we talked about it a few months ago, or probably this summer in the cigar world. Um, LFD La Forte Minicana did their 50th anniversary um, Andalusian Bull Coronas, the gold Coronas. And they were, the way, basically what it was is you bought the NFT. It was an auction for the NFT. The NFT was a one-of-a-kind uh, gold bar. That Well, you know how those are, one-of-a-kind yeah. gold bar. Um, and then it allowed you the availability, if you won the, the bid for it, it allowed you the availability to buy up to 5000 of that cigar a year at a discounted price, right? Um, so they did that. About four or five people won. I want to say it was like two guys out of Germany did it, then one Japan, then one stateside. They bought them all. Um, well, LFD stopped production on them because they were starting to see when the orders were coming in. I guess the way you did that was you presented the NFT or like the serial number or however that works on the NFT. Well, multiples of the NFT were coming ah, in. Yep. And they weren't coming from the same person. So they kind of dropped them back. And now the way, the way they're trying to handle it now is kind of a uh, you pay and then we'll send them. You know, if like... Yeah. Payment before before process now. Yeah, and you've seen the whole NFT world has just collapsed. I well, mean, I've never physically understood. One, I could, I honestly was too damn dumb. To, I, I didn't understand the the fact that you were telling me that I was buying a digital piece of something on a screen. That I've got a camera on my iPhone now that's good enough. I could take a picture of it, clean it up, and make it look like the NFT. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. What you're doing is, I mean, it's much like, uh, you know, any kind of cyber currency, right? I mean, it, it is something you're, you're creating something that's a one of a kind piece that you now are ascribing value to that it doesn't have. Right. And so because people want it, it now creates a one of a kind thing. But you know what? My kindergartner could also draw anything could be an NFT, right? It doesn't matter what it is. Well, right. It's just it more matters who is doing NFT. Right, and, sure. and, but the whole market of it has just collapsed as people realize exactly what you're talking yeah. about. It, <laughs> you know, th- th- this is just, a, you know, it's Fugazi. It doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's hilarious how, like, you know, 
don't get me wrong, we were talking about Davidoff and all their crazy releases they were doing for the Year of the Dragon this year. And, you know, they got a freaking ruby and, and, and red gold-plated humidor that's, you know, Chinese dragon all around it. Fifty-some-thousand dollars. If you're kind of guy that's got $50,000 on a Tuesday in a magazine, you have that thing. You, you know, you own it. Right. But an NFT to me is like cutting the picture out and putting it inside your humidor and like, yeah, see, I've got one too. Saying it's, it's worth 50 grand because I've got one too. You know, I don't know. But technology, spooky. It is. What are you going to do? It's fun tangents, though. I, I, I well, like this podcast so far. It, it, yeah. This is a tangent-driven podcast about nothing, and I love it. Yeah, we just <laughs> talk shit, dude. Didn't you, you make a movie about nothing podcast. one time? Yes. Leo's a, a film producer. So. Yeah. Mostly adults. Uh, um, yeah. Mostly, yeah. Of the male-female variety. Hey, yeah, listen, I'm not picky. Okay. Right on. All my <laughs> no, no, so dur- right. during COVID, a buddy of mine and I started a podcast because we had nothing else to do. Literally nothing else to do, and it was called Postcards from the Apocalypse. And, um, you know, literally we would just sit around. He would sit in his truck, and I would sit in my garage or whatever. This is, like, in the first days where we thought it was, like, literally, like, the end of the world. Right. right. And, uh, and then after, like, day, you know, week two, we were like, ah, eh, fuck it. Let's, you know, we'll sit in the same garage. And after that, we were hugging while, yeah. while we did the podcast. Yeah. But, Wait, you yeah. hugged during COVID? I, I mean, don't think that was allowed. Well, I mean, <laughs> after a week or two. Oh, dude, yeah, we, we haven't <laughs> missed kidding. a week. That's awesome. The week of COVID, it was like Wednesday. Going to your house or my, I'm fucking bored. Right, I never stopped I working. I never stopped. I never missed a beat. Now I will say we had one buddy who refused to like even like at the very beginning when people really thought like it was like if you caught it you were gonna die, and he was like fuck it I'm going out and doing everything that like do- he doubled up on everything like he'd hug every person he saw or whatever, so when we'd all be hanging out in my garage we drew a square, that was like six feet by six feet that he had to sit in. Because even though we all didn't really give a shit either, we knew if there was one person that was carrying it, it had to be him. Yeah. So we had it. It was his COVID square. <laughs> and we we had a little chair. He sat inside it. He wasn't allowed to get out of it once once he sat down. That's, That's awesome. awesome. We, we traveled more in COVID than sure every any time in my life. And it was an amazing time to travel. Fuck yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, we did um, we did Disney during COVID. Yeah, we did too. And it was awesome. We got on the same fucking ride again and again and again. Because and again. Florida was open. That's yeah, Florida was good. open. Yeah. They, you know, they had masks. You had to wear, which is Florida <coughs> in September. Wearing fucking a mask is misery. But you know, again, we just you know get on the ride, get off, get right back on. It was we're we used to be Disney uh, season pass holders, so we go like three or four times a year, anyways. Oh, nice. And. But, you know, and you go wait in lines, like all the morons, whatever. But to be able to do that and, like, have nobody there, like, it's a fucking ghost town. It's amazing. Yeah. And I got ruined for it because after that, we're like, eh, I don't know I need to go back. Did well, it's it too crowded much? now. Yeah. Yep. I- I'm waiting for the next plague so we can go back without, <laughs> yeah. I'm rooting for COVID 2.0. Yeah, well. We were always down at the farm or the Ozarks or, you know, once Yeah, the Ozarks did not shut down. <laughs> no, it was business as usual. And all my guys were doing construction, so the only thing was a little creepy was were the police going to stop people and say, hey, what are you doing out? What's your, you know, do you have any papers on why you should be out or whatever? So I had all my guys had paperwork for me on construction. Yeah, I think we, we got lucky. That didn't really happen here, did it? Missouri to a very small extent. Did um, it? But the uh, But the travel state to state... You know, you need to have your vaccination card. Oh, yeah. Dude, I remember that. in 20, when we were, we were in the Keys, 
We were in Key West, and I laughed at this cop. It's the funniest fucking thing ever. We're walking down Duval, right? Nobody's got a mask on, right? This cop makes this beeline across the street, walks over and goes, you need to have a mask. Points right at me like, you need to have a mask on. And I was like, uh, you need to have a mask on. So I'm like, oh, yeah, but we got him. You know, popping on. He walks back. I pop it off. He looks at me, and we just kind of kept walking. I'm like, <laughs> nobody else out here is wearing a fucking mask. Well, yeah. we were down there. I, that, that. I'm just, you were walking with we me. We just kind of hung him on our chin. <laughs> He's like, oh, you yeah. were walking yeah. with me. Hang over one ear and have a dang. <laughs> and I said, head. like, when fuck? we got down there, I said to Mark, I said, I, I, f the mask. Yeah. I get the fucking neck sleeves. Yeah, yeah. I'll pull them up, yeah. and, and I said me boom, too. So just, because <laughs> I'll lose them anyway. <laughs> I'll probably lose two or three of those ear strap ones anyway. So I was just, I was getting me one of those uh, I don't yeah. know what they call them neck gigs. Yeah. That's because you get in the bar and someone's like woo, and you're like yeah, <laughs> flinging masks everywhere. Um, all right, well let's draw it back to cigars and bourbon for a moment. Um, so we're drinking Heaven Hill bottle and bond. We've we've been talking about this a lot lately because uh, Leo was talking about six year earlier when I walked in earlier. And that's actually the first bourbon him and I ever had together. We've okay. told that story a million fucking times. Um, but it's the first bourbon we ever had together. And we were talking about how I said now, like well, you and I were discussing, like this big purge or sing of it. Like uh, you, fucking gas stations had it. Yeah. You know? And I seem to remember when Six, I didn't know until months later about it because when I was starting to dive into the bourbon side heavily, he was kind of giving me the background on it. But he was able to find six there for a while at like eleven, twelve dollars a bottle, or twelve, fifteen. Well, by the time I was looking for them, they were like twenty, twenty-five. Well, yeah. But I would say gladly buy as many as you can yeah. get me. But then they went away, and then it was maybe about a year, I guess, maybe totally a year later, having else bottle and bond come out, seven. Then we come to find out it's the same juice, That's... just in a glass bottle, and they changed it from green, white, and red to white and blue. Well, that's what I was saying to Shane is that you know, I mean. I would say rot gut, but you know, I mean, it was a legit bottom shelf plastic bottle, you know, and phenomenal juice. That's what yeah. he normally buys. No, no, I'm just saying it was, it was good stuff. Oh, but you know, it, it was not like you know. And anytime I talk to like you know my parents or they, they're like, you know, when we were kids, that was like our blue nun. You know, it was like you know, you couldn't afford anything else, you get it. And then it became it just didn't exist. And I bumped into a couple bottles on a trip to Florida. And I snapped them up, and I still have them sitting in the garage. And um, just as my, you know, little, I've got, like, the bottles I don't want to pop, right? Sure, you know, kind yeah. Of thing. And um, so, but then, you know, from there, it was just a matter of, you know, I was walking around Costco the other day, and then Sam's, and then, um, to your point, gas station. And I'm like, this is everywhere. I'm walking to Schnucks. They had, like, 10,000 bottles of it. Well, let me just say this. Um it hasn't been readily available here in no. Missouri for quite a while. But now it is. They finally probably got their paperwork done. But I can tell you that I have drank probably two bottles of this in the last two or three months. And I bought a case of it like two weeks ago. <laughs> I, I forgot about that. You're right. Anyway, they are different. I mean, I can taste little nuances that are different. In these bottles, and everybody's got to remember, it's not the same batch. They're all, you know, different heights in the Rick House, sure. and they're a little. This particular one right here that you got is amazing. Same. I mean, it is Explain 100 more. proof, smooth sailing. I mean, this stuff is. 
it's just a great pour. I, 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 I'm a, it's, you know, for whatever they going for right now, around uh, $40. I got this 40 bucks roughly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's wild, dude. It's, it's, and again, it's crazy about Missouri, right? I've seen this. Um, obviously, you got the case break on it, right? So I think the bottle came out to 30, like, is it's either 41 really something sweet. or 39 something, right? It must have been really low in But the then there's, there's some stores where you'll still see it on a shelf for 56 57 dollars. Yeah. But then you walk into a random ass Schnooks and it's 35 bucks. Yeah, Sam's and they've Club. They've got three. <laughs> yeah, at Sam's Club, I think it's 38, and they have a ton of it. But it's um, it, it's delightful. I mean, it really is. I I thoroughly enjoy it. It was really funny because I think when it comes to I'll wrap this into cigars too in a minute too because I want to ask this question to you guys because we never asked you guys this question. But when it comes to right. bourbon, you know, we've joked about it, right? Like I don't intentionally have bourbon at home. That I don't like. Now there are bourbons that we buy to try that just, eh, just they don't fucking work, right? And people have asked me like, hey, do you give that to people when they come over? I'm like, look, man, you come over. Now if I know, like I've got one example of this, I'm not gonna blow him up because it doesn't listen to the podcast. I won't blow him up. There is one guy that comes over often. The first pour he can have whatever he wants. Everything after that, I delegate. Because he goes from fine to gone way too quick, and <laughs> no, he can take guy. he can take those bottles from fine to gone way too quick. <laughs> and um, but I had always joked, I'm like, dude, if there was a way that I could get this Heaven Hill by the case, and just a decanter drink, and like I could just go get a case, and not have to spend a bunch. Sure as shit, the moment I asked and was told yes, I was like, dude, I'll buy a case now, and I'll buy another one in January. <laughs> If I can just have them. You know, now I'm over here bitching because there's six pack cases and not 12, but, you know, whatever. Right. But it's this fine. particular one, I mean, just seems... Sweeter. Above, to me. It, it's probably lower in the rickhouse and whatever. I mean, I always... Not every bottle gives you the information you like to hear. You know, you don't know, like, okay, they'll tell you it's... You'll be lucky if they tell you what the proof is. Maybe that's a government standard. They got to tell you that, but... Um, they don't give you a lot of information. You, maybe you can Google it and find some stuff, but a lot of them give you all the information that it was like in, uh, you know, Rick House 3, um, and it was um, Rick 2, meaning level 2 mm-hmm. or whatever, and they'll give oh, you... Oh, so you like, you like where it was staged information, not... Yeah, okay, I, so I don't know how many, and I should know this, but I don't know how many Ricks, but I think there's at least 50. So 50 levels of barrels. So if you get like a Blanton's on two, that's going to be some sweet stuff. If you get it on 50, the heat's higher. It's going to be a hotter Blanton's than the lower stuff. And it's the same way with heaven, like the seven year. Depends on where they pull it from the Rick house. Um, and there's just all different levels. And I think everybody thinks that everything that there, it's like, you know, Coke. You're going to get a Coke, you're going to get a Coke. Right, but with right. bourbon... Every little bottle can have a little nuance. That's why they have barrel picks. Yep. Um, yeah. So um, I, I remember Mark, I, I, at least I think it was you, McKenna um, had one bourbon of the year, whatever. Yeah, McKenna you, 10. You had tasted it, and you're like, I don't know how the hell that won it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying to him, you got to understand, they probably went into that Rick house for days and tested barrels and barrels and they found that one just that sweet spot that's the one they said so to think that you're getting the same 
number one bourbon in the country taste. No, no you're not. Well, that you was know. when that's when we talked about. That's and what I, you're chasing, right? right? I had said that's when I kind of permanently I had given up on cigar ratings and reviews a fucking decade ago because. I very quickly found out if you throw money at somebody, they'll tell you your dick's 12 inches long. All right? It doesn't matter. It is. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sign that check yet. <laughs> and, uh, remember we were talking about the films earlier. Oh, right? good yeah, point. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I used to think, like, I always knew when I started reading about bourbon and spirits and tequila and everything like that, vodkas, beer, everything, you can find a bottle that's got a gold sticker on it that won gold at some sort of festival, sure, exactly, right? Yeah. I very quickly come to know that the San Francisco Spirits Festival is the creme de la creme, right? That's where pick the allocated distiller, what they send there, you know, what the rating it gets gets in the the Murray Bible and shit like that. And um, but then James Murray, and then I found out that. With McKenna 10 was the one that opened me up, right? Because at that point in time, before it went number one in Whiskey Advocate with that San Francisco gold medal, I give, I, I had two bottles of McKenna 10. I bought it because I thought the bottle looked cool. I knew it was a bourbon. I bought it for like $22, I think, at Schnucks or Deerberg's. And I hadn't opened one. I was like, well, son of a bitch. I actually, it's the first time something went gold and number one. Yeah, you already had I got it. Yeah. I'm like, shit, I'm ahead of the game. They were bad. Bad. And I'm like, I don't understand this. Like, because... When you look at it, obviously, once you get into Whiskey Advocate and you're reading that list, you see all the promotions and the sponsorships and ads. But when I went on and was reading about San Francisco, it's, you know, blind tastings that then go to elevated judge tables. You got to go through like six days of tasting. I mean, it's a knockout drag out just to get into the final 10 bottles. And then I started reading and you start listening to what the distillers say. And like he said, they're like, yo, it took weeks. Uh, we made sure that. This barrel was where it needed to be so you could actually taste the true maturation of the juice and what we strive for every bottle to be. I'm like, oh, so you just went and found the best one and you submitted that one. Yep. And I was like, son of a bitch. So then I started I started thinking about it that way and it made complete sense. You know, basically what you got that day when McKenna took one was the barrel pick of McKenna 10. Right? Because we joke all the time, look, I don't have any problem with Woodford Reserve. It's a fine, it's a fine bourbon. Sure. Perfectly fine. If Four Roses is sitting next to him, I'm drinking Four Roses, right? But we've had a few Woodford barrel picks now that are phenomenal, man. I am not a Maker's Mark fan. I do not own Maker's Mark. I own five or six Stave Collection picks because the way they do their barrel picks is utterly unique. Have you seen Have you seen their blend up on their picks? Smile. Um, Shane, leave that here. It will pick everything up. Um, but you know, like the stave collections that Makers does. So you have it's ten staves, right? On Maker when they do that barrel. I don't know exactly how many, but that's what that's what I think it is. Eight staves, and you you you, they give you five yeah five different options. Whatever you combine to make up, we'll, we'll say it's 10 for the math. Whatever you combine to make that up, there there's something like 100 million different, you know, mathematical ways yeah. you can make the odds of someone recreating the exact same stave collection yeah. at the exact same time of year, Not the exact same type yeah. of grain, right? You can't do it. It literally becomes undecided from everything else. It's its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um 
Where was I going with that? I don't know where I was going. Sorry. You were just like the Lost state collection. Yeah, but that, that's what I... Oh, I was... Yeah. Mark is a great idea. Right. It's, what they're doing is a cool thing. But and, then you'll see you'll see things like, you know, we joked for the longest time about Makers 101. I remember it came onto a podcast. Our buddy brought it on and we're like... Now, it was funny that day because next to it was like a bottle of Little Book, some expensive Clyde Mays, like... That bottle was like 30 bucks. The rest of the bottles there were at least 107. We're like, that bottle won the day. I mean, but it was the best damn juice of the day. Yeah. We <laughs> didn't, we've had this discussion, and I didn't look it up. I don't know if you did, but for example, with the Oak and Eden, the Spires, they're, they're selling mm-hmm. the fact that with your Oak and Eden, you get a Spire stuck in your bottle, and that will forever be changing that. Right. That whiskey or bourbon whatever that you've purchased um so in my mind i was like okay so when they're creating these barrels to put bourbon in they're taking staves actual staves and they're putting them in the barrels of different barrels of whatever collection you want is was that your understanding yeah absolutely so that was mine too and then me and mark started talking about and he was like really i thought they made the barrel of the staves. Oh, okay. So now I'm and I don't know, and I don't know to either either. No, one. I don't know. I don't know though. We've I never thought, looked it up. So I so I know there's companies that make. It's a little wood block that's about six inches long. Um, I, I'm familiar with that size because it's triple what I usually deal with, and um, it, it, and it's got these little. Hash He's got marks. a lot of half dollar coins. Yeah, it's and it's got these little like cutouts in it, right? And it's designed to you can throw it into a cheap bottle of booze. You set it back in your liquor cabinet for a year, and it breathes in, you know, it kind of breathes in, breathes out through through that little block of wood, and it matures, and it can take cheap booze and make it taste like good booze. So what I did, and apparently there's a lot of people who do this, you take grain alcohol, just pure grain alcohol, nothing, and you take two, so or, three, white dog, right? yeah, two, two or three of the white, you know, uh, of just, um, you know, whatever and throw them in there and just sit in a cabinet and let it age. So I have one sitting up in a cabinet right now that's been there for about six years. And it's taken this, and now all of a sudden, it's like a dark, dark brown. And I took a little nip off it, and it tastes like a high-octane, like, um, wild turkey rare breed. Oh, you know, wow. Like, like a 116, 117. So to drink it, you just have to cut it down. Yeah, exactly. I'm a rare breed fan. If that's the fucking case, that's crazy. But by the time you, but you now you got to think about it. By the time you go through the effort and you pay, you know, pay the I money mean, for it. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it, it now all of a sudden, you know, it, it's more a fun thing to do than a yeah. practical thing to do. Um, but I'm also a guy who makes meat at my house too. So, yeah. you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you know. But go back to what you're talking about with different flavor profiles and whatnot. So I started <laughs> in this whole universe as a Scotch person. Yeah, we so, talked about that because okay, that's yeah. how I came in. Yeah, exactly. And, and I had somebody in here the other day asking me the difference between, um, you know, scotches, you know, single malts and, and blends. And you know, there lies the, the the thing, right? You go back with blends. You know, with blends like the Giant Walkers. You know, they they the master distillers are there trying to get the blend to taste exactly the same. So. Unlike bourbons, which you're right, you know, you get different bourbons that always t- or the same bourbon will taste different, right, with, with every bottle almost, if they're from different picks. With the blended scotches, if you get a Giant Walker Blue today or a Giant Walker Blue 10 years from now, they should taste identical. Right. Because well, of course, because they're all poured through cardboard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know, they're, they're blending them. It's that blend side of it. And that's why I moved from scotches to bourbons. 
because, well, one is the price of scotch 20 years ago went through the fucking roof and became just, you know, unattainable for a decent bottle of scotch. Yeah. Where bourbons, I still think, and I know St. Louis is a weird place for bourbon. You know, I mean, if you go virtually anywhere else in the country, you could find shit that we call allocated bottles, you know, that are hard to find stuff here. I travel to Florida all the time. Family still lives there and whatnot. That's where I'm from. You can walk in there, and they've got anything we would consider an allocated bourbon just sitting on the shelf of every little Oh, store. dude, it's, it's like that in Chicago. I, I've joked about yeah. that, but there's also a joke inside. You talk to any of the reps that come in here, Missouri is misery when it comes to allocations, right? It's for as big as, or it's, I shouldn't say that. I obviously, we don't know how big it is market value-wise across the country, but you, there's a lot of bars that you can walk into in the greater St. Louis area, and you, if you're a bourbon drinker, you're not going to have a hard time finding something to drink, right? But the distributor aspect of it, how much was given to the distributor to bring into the market, right. that's what drives the cost up on it. It's not that they only actually made 100 bottles. It's that only 100 came to Missouri and 700 went to Indiana. Right. You know, like it, so it automatically becomes, you know, more more expensive. In I, I always attribute it to the fact that we're alcoholics in Missouri oh, for the girl. most part. So, um, yeah, we, we drink a lot of booze relative per capita. That would explain state. why all the bars in Alaska have cheap booze. I attribute it. <laughs> the drunkest state in the country. I attribute it to everything that is trending. Sure, absolutely. Because let's let's you know zip back seven years how many places in st louis could you go and get something that you would consider allocated you know of course blanton's would be there and all these other allocated ones you might find five places and they would say wow that's like you know and you're a fish now that's one of the top 75 whiskey places to get a good pour in the country and there may have been a few here in Missouri, Springfield, whatever, and they had allocation. Well, the problem is, is that everything with social media, mm-hmm. with TikTok, with Instagram, with Facebook, everything starts trending now. It's a very popular thing. So, so now every gas station, you know, every restaurant, anybody that wants to have a, a, a good clientele has to have that bourbon. Absolutely. Every golf place uh, you know every every golf community every so the uh, the I'll, I'll get you another one how many cases were coming here now it's like quadrupled because everything is trendy everybody wants it they're clamoring for it and i will say missouri even if you can find allocation stuff it is pretty reasonable i travel i've been to florida i was down in indiana and I saw the, a lot more allocation than what I saw here. But when you looked at the price of it, it was off the charts. Like if you had like an old Fitzgerald, 19-year-old, $1,700. Yeah. If you saw, uh, you know, um, anything from the um, collection of um, Buffalo Trace from... Um, you know Thomas Hardy or any oh, yeah, of those all guys, that, all those, they're the all eight hundred yeah. to fourteen hundred. Well, that's also because a lot of those stores are it's it's terrible now because they have to fight the secondary market. The problem's not that they're they're pricing them out; it's that they know that the same guy that goes and buys that bottle from you for four hundred, five hundred bucks is going to turn around and go online and sell it for two thousand. Right. And that's just a, a pain in the ass. That's yeah, no good. Yep. Exactly. 
I think Lewis is really unique in, in that aspect. I mean, there's a lot of places. It's just shocking who's got good, um, you know, good bourbon and nice selections. I mean, Sybil is one of my favorite places down in St. James. She's been one of the best restaurants in Missouri for quite a while now. I've been going there easy 10 plus years. She had your normal Woodford, Basil Hayden, Maker's Mark. You know, there's like, I don't know why it's like the constant four or five with a few scotches. You got to have McAllen 12 and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, why, why don't you have more bourbon? And she's like, well, we don't get a call for it. I'm like, well, is that the point or you're not creating a market for it? And I got her to start bringing more bourbons in. And now she, I mean, she's, scotch is like, there's a few bottles of scotch and it's like the whole side now is all bourbon and they're all half empty and she's getting just tons if of If you build it, drinkers. they will come, right? You're right. Exactly. You're right. Yep. So that was us. We, we opened with six bourbons, yeah. you know, a year and two, three months ago. Yeah. And now I think we're up to 70. You got to kind of teach your market, uh, your marketplace too. Yep. You have a marketplace and a demographic out here. Uh, Legends Golf Course was the same damn example. I was like, I'm good friends with the owner. He says, Listen, man, uh, you you got up your your ante here on bourbon. He goes, We don't get the calls for it. I go, That's not, that's the wrong way to look at it. You're trying to increase your value of your bar and people that are. Playing at Pebble Beach, they're paying $75, $85 a pour for Blanton's, and you got Woodford Reserve here. You don't even have any Blanton's. And he goes, really? He goes, we just don't get a call for it. So he did it, yep. and guess what? The whole bar back was full of bourbon. Now, of course, they've sold. They're back to the four standards now, again. But um, you just create that market, and when people see it and expect it, you're with your buddies. And your group of people, your companies and whatever, it's you're going to increase the value of your bar and your overall take, I think. I blame John Wick for Blanton's. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> you, you ain't wrong. Because, you know, good again, Blanton's is a fine pour, but is it, you know, is it a $300 pour for a base Blanton's or a bottle? No, of course not. But is it a great $50, $60 bottle, you know, for the base? Yeah, I, I think it is. Once but, I had gold, I was. You're you're, you're spoiled. Well, let me tell you. I'm done with the the <laughs> base model. I'll tell you a, a story about getting spoiled. Twenty years ago, me and a bunch of buddies go out to Vegas for our thirtieth birthdays, and you know we didn't know shit about shit. And you know we're fair to be fancy. We go to this nice cigar bar that's underneath a steak place <clears throat> in Vegas, and um, you know we're like, ah, oh, get Giant Walker Blue for our thirtieth birthdays, right? You know, oh, we'll get this that. And the guy goes, listen, we're out of blue, but I'll give you, since your 30th birthday, I'll give you a 30-year-old Macallan for the same price. Well, shit. Well, this is 20 years ago, and it was still somewhat reasonable, right? So he puts I'm the bottle. He, now. <laughs> he, he put, well, yeah, he puts the bottle out, boom, boom, three fours. He leaves the bottle, and he walks away. And, of course, the three of us monsters that That's are it. there were like, Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, Don't even taste the first one. <laughs> right. Shoot right. it and then taste the second one. So, you know, and, and that's why I fell in love with scotch, right? Because all of a sudden, I mean, at that point, I was drinking Cutty Shark, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, that, that, and it's all of a sudden, like, holy hell, this is, this is amazing. So, fast forward, I get home, buy a bottle of 30, and again, 20 years ago, I think it was about 800 bucks. And um, <clears throat> the uh, one of the guys from that trip came to visit me and I go to work I come home 
he had a rough day and he's through two thirds of the bottom of it. And I was going to kill him. I mean, rip his ears <laughs> off and feed him to him. And because now you can't touch that for, you know, the, you know, many multiples of that. So it's, yeah, he and I, are, yeah, we're, we're still friends, but. Can you, have you ever gone and bought Cuddy Shark and tried to drink it again? So, you know, on occasion, I will drink an inexpensive scotch. Just I love because, the bottle. I love the whole ship thing and everything. Yep. And I'm like, God, I wish that was good. Right. That's what my dad drank. He gets like, spoiled. Going up. And, you know, as a kid, you're sneaking a sip or two here. And I'm like, how in the fuck do you drink this? <laughs> but, you know, go back to bourbon. I was I was in here one day as a customer. And I was joking around with a guy. There was a guy in here who who's he's a... Um, uh, he's a natural, he's a singer-songwriter, and he, he, he writes country songs. And as we were talking about bourbon, I said, you know, bourbon is supposed to be cheap, right? Bourbon's supposed to be not, you know, this whole spending hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars for a bottle of bourbon. I'm like, bourbon is, and he's like, man, there's a song in that. He's like, I got to write a song about, you know, bur- bourbon should be, you know, cheap or bad or whatever. Because bourbon, to me, is a different animal, you know, and I love it. And but I don't think it. Sh- I have a hard time justifying for me spending more than sixty-five, seventy dollars for a bottle of bourbon. I, and I know there are great ones out there that are you know, again many, many multiples of that. But like this Heaven Hill, this is fabulous, and this is you know again what a forty-dollar bottle, right? You know, and, and this is this is the world I want to live in. I like it. But I knew there was a butt coming. I knew there was a butt coming. I love it. When I was started in this bourbon, um, thanks, sir. When I would spend, let's say I would spend 80 bucks on a bottle. I was like, well, that was kind of a hard one to find because it took me like I don't know, let's say three months to find it. I would set it aside. And then I would be like, let, let's say I got a, a small batch uh, because even back in the day, like. Even five, six years ago, the small batch it would come out in little waves. You'd get you a small batch. Then you would get really lucky if you got like a single barrel or whatever. And I would put it away. And then if I was lucky enough to get another one, I would drink that and share it with my buddies. Well, m- most of the time, Mark, because you know, we want to have different products and be able to talk about different things on the show. Luckily, as I'm doing this and buying these products, Mark's buying them, um, we're setting one back. So it came to me to, to think that, listen, if your wife says to you, hey, man, what are you doing spending that money on the bourbon? Well, so then one day we went to Louisville. We'd usually go to Louisville at least once a year. And we went to Justin's House of Bourbon. And she saw these bottles that I was paying $12, $50, $80. And now the $80 bottle now is worth $1,500. Now the $50 bottle is worth $30. Now the $12 bottle, if you hang on for 10 is going to be $600. Yeah. So you could have... <laughs> I guess what I'm saying, you could supplement by setting aside and okay. vaulting part of your um, collection, and it would pay for what you're drinking. And it worked really well for me, in my particular instance, because me and Mark would want to have things on the show and drink it and then share with 
different people that are always on our podcasts or whatever. So that kind of worked out well. But I totally agree with you. If I didn't have a show or if I wasn't doing what we're doing, I would probably hover around maybe 10 bottles of the stuff that I liked and I thought other people would enjoy. And you can not go wrong with that bottle right there. In your mind... That's actually the one, one of the few that I started with, kind of. In your mind, where does the law of diminishing returns kick in with bourbon, price-wise? So, where, where, you know, I mean, and again, you know, so I'm kind of a wine guy. Kind of, I'm, you know... Uh, Are you, you know, a wine guy? Yeah. Right, cool. and, and so I'm a mile wide and an inch deep, though. No jokes. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why. I, 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 that you can, independent I'll film tell you why really I'm not a wine guy. I love me. wine, but I'll tell you why I'm not a wine guy, but go ahead. So, no, Is there anything you aren't guy? No, no, no. My official moniker is the cigar guy, but you know, but I'm also smart enough to know that there, are, you know, I, I, I love. I'm a hobby person. I, I really am, and, yeah. and I love cigars. I love bourbons. I love guns. I love, you know, and, and but I always think I'm really into it, into any of those things, till I meet somebody who's really into it. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I know nothing. Right. You know, and. and so I'm more than confident enough in myself to be able to admit that I'll never know as much as Mark knows about cigars. I'll never know as much as you know about bourbons. Um, so that's why I love to be able to talk to you guys like this. Well, but with that statement, you know what, what makes what you just said not true? No matter how you're going to feel about it, right? I have said this a million times when it comes to tobacco and alcohol. You probably you could probably assign what I'm going to say to anything, right? The moment you think you've got it all figured out, you just became the most ignorant man in the room. Correct. Right? Right. So as long as you want to keep learning, because I tell, say this all the time, dude, it's not like I, I went to a fucking cigar class and just put 22 years of smoking and meeting people into the back of my head and was like, ah, dope, got it. No, dude, I still read. Yeah. I fuck every, I read every fucking day, every little stupid article that comes up. I can explain to you why Minneapolis shut down. The reason they're not going to discontinue the cigar bars up there, if you want, just write that this morning. That's great. Terrible for them, but whatever, you know. Um, but when you just want to keep learning, and I think I think the coolest thing that I've talked about in the past couple of years on the podcast, especially, is, dude, cigars and alcohol are a hobby. Mm-hmm. If it's a necessity to somebody, you don't want that customer. Right. If if they have to be here. To smoke and drink, like, God damn it, they're here. It's not always a problem. <laughs> that can end up All right, I guess problem. I'm out, boys. I'll see so, you later. See ya. Right. But, <laughs> you know right. what I mean, though? Yeah, like, when it becomes yeah. a necessity. But, it, you know, you think about the way you said that, like, you're into a lot of things till you meet someone that's into it. And you're like, oh, shit, they, you know, they're big into it, right? I always laugh anytime somebody comes over and, like, we're talking cigars and all that. And then... I, I've done it. Um, Hodge does it. And we, we all pretty much do it. I mean, you come over to the house, it's like, yo, can I get a cigar? Yeah. Open the humidor and go. I can just have, trust me, dude, but I don't want you smoking. You don't see. Right. If it's, go get it, man. Like, that's what it's, that's what it's there for, you know? I've never been, like, I don't collect. Um, I back up on what I like. Exactly. So if that makes me, a, I guess that's collecting, I guess. Some shit gets a lot older than others do. But I don't collect it. Um, as far as what you asked him, I'll let him finish that question. The diminishing return in, in bourbon, I don't think there is one. Okay. Not right now. Because for the simple reason that 
he's got bottles that I physically was in the fucking store that he paid $55 for that right now he could start a Facebook, join a bourbon group, and very codingly say, you know, unicorns are 100, stars are 500, and he's going to get seven stars and a unicorn for the bottle. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'll see it happen. Diminishing return, I do think, takes place on tobacco. Because with cigars, you have a lot of people that want to collect. They want to find old. They want to... They, the vintage thing, right? Um, the thing that really opened my eyes to it is... Look, t- tobacco is still a living organism, even once you own it and while it's sitting and while it's resting. You know, it's going to have its peak, and then it's going to settle, right? Oils dry out. Things mm-hmm. evaporate, right? There's a reason they have to be in moisture all the time. It keeps things going. And... Um, don't worry about that. Um, what happens, especially with... Uh, I know you're a pretty fuller-bodied, stronger smoker. Shane is, too. We both are. What happens with cigars... Now, if you go back to 2010 and before that, if you bought a box in 2006 and smoked it in 2012, that box is pretty much going to be about the same when you had it, right? But just since 2010 until yesterday, the average age of tobacco in a cigar... Just the filler side, right? Went from roughly seven and a half months to anywhere between 14 and 17. Okay. Right? Wrapper, there's there's a reason that some cigars will be priced out really high. When you Some of its name and moniker and all that crazy shit. But you can look at a cigar sometimes when you start paying attention to wrapper. And when something just it glosses or it shines a little or it's, it's kind of got that fade to it when you look at it in the light. That, that cigar, that wrapper tobacco has been aged to a point that the cigar community is so excited about what's coming out now that you, as the distributor or the, the maker of the product, have to deliver what's exciting right now, right? Sure. You, <laughs> you tell someone that's going to buy a box of 1926 number two Padrones, that box 25 is going to cost roughly $600. Don't smoke them for a year. They'll be oh, in a year. So I was gonna ask. I'm gonna look at you and go. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna open this before I walk out the door, bro. Like <laughs> 600 bucks, you know. <laughs> so time will, depending on the person, diminish a cigar, right? If you're going back and you're like, man, I really want that uh, Las Calaveras from 14. If you pulled one out right now, you've had them for nine years, almost 10 years now. It is not the same cigar. Mm. It's nothing's changed. No one ripped it apart and changed it. But it's maturated out. It has, it has hit its peak. Its peak is gone. It is completely mellowed. The cigar is married together. So, you know, and go back to wines. I know there's young wines, then there's wines that you ate. And right? I'm out. I don't know. Sure and so, with cigars, though, is it the same way? So, I was down, I go down to Ybor City in Tampa mm-hmm. quite often. And um, they're, you know, obviously they've got a lot of places where they make their own cigars and they hand roll shit and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, a lot of them, you know, their hand rolls, they hand you a cigar, and then other things, they're like, oh, no, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll roll them, box them, but let them sit for 16 months before you before you pop them open. To be, you know, <coughs> it, it, that, every place I've run into down there, they always say 16 months is kind of like the minimum that you should let the cigar Well, mature. that makes sense if, if you're watching them actually roll right. from, like, they... they <laughs> Whether they're using a magnetic roller or they're doing everything by hand, going into bottle and rolling <coughs> everything out, if filler goes into a binder, a binder's rolled over, that gets into a press, it's pulled from a press and a wrapper's thrown on top, it's cut and glued and sat, 
I don't care what kind of fire you have, you're not smoking that cigar. The moisture content in that tobacco right, right. then, you might as well light a soaked towel on fire. It's, right. it's not doing anything. You know what I mean? So I do understand that. That's why a lot of times, I know you've seen this in Ebor. You see guys walking around, they got that fresh cigar rolled in a paper towel? Yeah. Notice the paper towel is damp? Yep. Yeah, that's not helping anything. It's, that's, it's, it's the, the gimmick. Right, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly yeah. That's why you see a lot of rollers that they'll roll you a fresh one after you've bought one. Because the one you're buying, you can smoke. That thing's been sitting forever. You can smoke it right now. This one, these ones that you've rolled, hold those, right? I, I see it that way. Um, but with to draw it back to the bourbon side, <coughs> I don't know. I've not, I don't think I've ever had a bourbon go bad, you know, a, a sealed bottle, right? Obviously, if you open a bottle and it sits far too long, you're not moving around, oxidize and all that crazy shit. We've seen that. But I don't think bourbon, especially right now, as long as the craze for bourbon's going on, buy it and hold it, man. Yeah. Buy it and hold it because they're doing it. Yeah. They're doing it. They don't give a shit. I've not seen a bottle get cheaper each year. They're just getting more <laughs> expensive. Nope. Like, they're, they're not getting yep. any cheaper. We joke about bookers. So, when I jumped into the bourbon side, I hooked on to Little Book and Bookers. That was, like, my fucking thing. I And five years ago, we were buying quarterly releases for 58 or $64. <clears throat> and you could find them. Now... He snagged one off the shelf of 04 on, in a little a little liquor store in Herman. And I found a little book at Sam's Market up here about six weeks ago. You know? And you can't you can't just go to a liquor store anymore and buy them. So, obviously, if you if you caught them early and you've got three, you've got a leg up on everybody right. else. You know? Whereas, you're coming in, and I hear this all the time. I did it for him for his birthday last year. He tells me this story about this Cohiba Robusto that he smoked back in 93 or 4. And I went on, I was trying to find the cigar. I almost I almost bought it, found the guy. It was all off. It got fake. Bullshit. So the closest thing I could find, I got it out of Switzerland. I got a Monte Cristo number 4 from the 94 release. Smoked and enjoyed it, but it's it's not the same the thing. thing right. You know, it's not there. It's... Um, you know, uh, what you see in cigars now is everybody gets really excited when you take the cellophane off and you tie it up and the cellophane's all dirty and yellow and they're like, yeah, you know what that dirty and yellow is, right? That's all those oils, all yeah. that flavor soaking out through that wrapper and staining that cellophane. Now, believe it or not, it's incredibly hard to do, but the best way if you want to age cigars and maintain flavor to it, pull them out of the cellophane and put them in a closed box. Okay. Because the oils can't go anywhere. If they hit the wood, the wood, the moisture is going to put it back onto the cigar. <clears throat> the cigars will marry next to each other. At least you have all the same cigar marrying next to each other versus all your shit and cellophane. You pull it out, you pop it loose, and it looks old. But yeah. in a in a smaller humidor setting, not like in an open. Yeah. No, if if you're working something like your humidor here, it it's very hard. Right. right. It, it's really really right. hard because, especially, on the retail side, right. You know, the best way I've been able to kind of talk about aging tobaccos, you've smoked you've smoked something for a long time before, right? What do they tell you not to do when you're smoking meat? Don't open the grill. Let it fucking cook. Don't open your humidor every day. Right. <laughs> Let it fucking cook. You're on the retail side. You got, I don't care if you're slow. You have to open the door every day. You got 12 right? people walking in here. Yeah. That means that that room is purged as humidity 12 times that day. The good news is, though, we, we go through 
so much volume mm -hmm. that yeah, you know, which is awesome because the movable fees. Because Shane and Jen do a great job of not just buying the same stuff, but by going into the boutique world, finding some fantastic um, cigars. They've built some great relationships with some of these more boutique. I'm not gonna lie, if it wasn't for Shane and Jen, I never would have touched those fucking Guy Fieri cigars. Yep. I right. was so mad at him right. for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Hodge, may I try your juice, please? Yeah. And I'd like you, uh, Lou, are you ready for a pour? Uh, I mean, I can be if okay. I just, you yeah. know. I want, to, I want him to talk about this, uh, Russell's. Well, this Remus. Remus, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. We hey, don't like Russell's. That's right. Yeah. Um, so. Ooh, I like that. Russell's. There we go. We I do, fight, too. We, we can fight about that later. No, I, I don't mean saying it at all. <laughs> so we've had Remus, and I'll talk about this Thank real you. quick, and then we can get on with it. Um, this just so happens to be a place that I have always enjoyed, been going there a long time, is Jeff's Famous Bar. And we have had some really good Remus of late. And um, I just happened to go in there, uh, me and my gal did a little South Christmas, um, South City kind of pub crawl last night. And we went in there and I met the owner again and we started talking and he said, I'm really excited, I want to share this bourbon with you. He goes, I bought a barrel pick. And it is a Remus straight barrel whiskey, single barrel, his barrel pick. And it the proof of it is 113. And it's about 51% corn, 39% um, rye. And then another, whatever the remaining percent is, is malt, barley. And... Um, I tried it. I thought it was really good. It was like $60 a bottle. Or whatever. I said, yeah, let me have one of those. I'll put it really? on the show and, and talk to you. Yeah. 60 yeah. bucks. Yeah. Nice. Well, here. Cheers, guys. We haven't done this at all. We always do an inaugural cheers, but cheers. 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 All right. Why, we, boys why we try that? Yeah, of course, dude. Um, Shane, I want to ask you, what? It, we've talked about a bunch of stuff in the lounge, but what has been the most fun that you've had advancing in the in the in the cigar lounge business not the cigar business the cigar lounge business from the way the humidor has grown to the way the spirit collection and offering has grown what has been some of the most fun that you've had in that experience everybody's in here for the same purpose and this is why jen and i did this at any cigar lounge anywhere you go to they want to get away from their day. You know, we have other businesses that we own and operate. We work seven days a week. Um, it, you get to fucking chill. You get to relax. You get to meet new people. You get to make them laugh. You know, you get to make them smile. You know, you get to bring a sense of entertainment to them. Um, you get to talk to them when they're <sighs> taking a deep breath. Uh, men, women, you know anybody you know there doesn't matter if you're blue collar white collar if you're a doctor <laughs> attorney if you're a construction worker you know right. whatever all walks of life you know those are the kind of people that we love that just you know it doesn't matter how you vote doesn't matter you know anything right. just you can just have a good conversation with somebody because everybody knows their parameters and they, they they love to talk about a cigar their favorite cigar or whether you like an acid or you know it's one of the first things Jen was like oh no we can never have you know, an acid or a flavored because they're awful. I'm like, well, you think that, but right. 
they sell a lot. Drew Estate sells a lot of fucking cigars. So, you know, you got to... It's doing something right. <laughs> right. I mean, don't give a, yeah, I mean, don't they are awful. But, yeah. No, right. To me and you. No, they they're, they're, they're terrible. I've, I've said this, too. Like, in all the retail time I worked, you know, I, I always said, like, if you're if you're going to sell a cigar, you, I, I made this joke all the time. Like, you won't believe how many cigars I've sold by leading. I was being honest. Like, I wouldn't smoke that because it tastes like this. And then it happened to be acid when plush came out. I was like, I don't. If I wanted freaking chocolate and blueberries in my cigar, I'd eat chocolate and blueberries. And well, I like chocolate and blueberries. Right. And they just started. And I'm like, well, I, oh, okay. That's not what I was trying to do, but <laughs> whatever. Cool. <laughs> you yep. know. Yep. Um, but so have you found now that that uh, like Leo was saying, especially with the bourbons and the moving through the product and rotating new in and out. Are you finding personal favorites that you're sneaking in and keeping? Sure. Or are you just paying more attention to trying new things and rotating what works and what doesn't? Both. I mean, we're yeah. we're all you're always going to continue to find new favorites. The more you know, we're both very adventurous. We are not your run of the mill, if you can tell. You know, people that yeah. that have our go-to. Right. There is no such thing as a go-to. Mm-mm. You know, we were always trying newer older different stuff you know new to us maybe old that we've never tried no but that's that's really cool and i like it was kind of funny i laughed when we first walked in i was like hey dude what's uh your episode what cigars you want to smoke he goes let's do one of yours Absolutely. are you tired of smoking your own stuff I'm like well we're not tired of smoking our own stuff but kind of you know i mean i get it okay well it's yeah. really we say we don't like the flavor but there is one that we picked up in uh that the PCA, I'm walking by and this booth, Nova, looks like our the same teal, green, aqua, whatever chairs that we have in front. Mm-hmm. Jen didn't even like see it. And I was like, hey, we, we got to go here because this is like your Keller and your, it just their, their label, the design, everything that goes into them. And they have this one that, uh, which one is it? The, the, the Sweet Robusto. Sweet yeah. Robusto. We call it sugar tits. Yeah, Jen made me smoke that. I was not excited at her at all. But was it what you expected or? A sweet tit cigar, yeah. But it, it wasn't as sweet as in a artificial flavor. It was as sweet as in a sugar cane. I, I just, my my thing with, with, with the cigar is I, I've never, like, you know, I never smoked, like, um, black and milds or or backward you know I, you weren't I a swisher guy that, dude. no no hey, I mean, backwards on a golf course is nothing beats a baby <laughs> oh, dude but so when i when i look at a cigar i almost feel like that and i know i know this isn't the way this is kind of the, the hippocratic thinking in my mind i'm like you're putting the sweetness there because you're trying to hide something Right, like I think that's maybe typically the maybe case, but I don't think maybe it's, it's the case under fermented and it so was coming let, let, let out. And you give you Leo's opinion, and I agree with you a hundred percent with a butt, and the butt is the sweet robusto from Nova. So now, mind you, the lady that owns Nova's name is Leo. Yeah. So a little biased. So I fell in love with her immediately, <laughs> and she's a very attractive lady. Um. So Shane sends me a text after he runs and runs in there. And he's like, as soon as you walk in, and we're on the same trip together, he goes, go to the left, look for Nova, ask for Leo. I was very confused, because I'm asking for myself. Right. 
So but I you were meow then. You right, right. Yeah, I was, I was flying under the meow banner. We'll get to the meow next. Meow. And, <laughs> you can talk. And, and so I walk in, and they were looking for me too. And, and I meet Leo, and she's like, "You're meow," and I'm like, "Yeah, well, I'm really Leo," and so on and so forth. <laughs> so then I'm talking to one of their, um, one of their other reps, who it turns out that he's kind of the guy who kind of put all this together and helped her uh, put the company together. <laughs> And they're out of Boynton Beach, Florida, which is where my dad lived in Florida. And so I know Boynton Beach really well. And they're the most hospitable people. They're like, hey, you know, do you come down to Florida very often? And I'm like, yeah, I'm down there three, four times a year. Like, you got to come by. You got to see us. You know, we don't do tours or anything, but we'll do something special for you, blah, blah, blah. So I haven't taken them up on it yet, but I will in the, in the, in the new year. And so they're explaining, though, the, the evolution of their cigars. So they have the Leo 11, the Leo 12. Um, which are both very good cigars, and they're, um, I think, you know, uh, low $20 cigars that, that we charge for them. Um, Ooh, and, and they're, they're, but they're excellent. They're, they're, they're good quality cigars. And they're like, but let's talk about the Sweet Robusto for a second. <clears throat> and so they take the same tobacco. Um, it's a little smaller cigar, so it's a little cheaper. Um, but they infuse the wrapper with sugar cane. So it's not that saccharine flavor. It's not yeah. some El Cheapo high fructose corn if, syrup. If I can real quick. You said it's the same tobacco. What size are the cigars that are sold in the low $20 range? You know, I don't know off the top of my head. I what size are the Novas? They're, so they're all, Nova's the, the, the overall brand. Or the Sweet, sweet, sweet Robusto. Um, they are. Well, obviously one's a Robusto. Yeah, and, and I'd have to go look at it. The, the larger actually. size on the other? Yeah, yeah. They're, okay. They're, 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 same um, tobaccos. Yep, and so what they do is though. But it's cheaper. And, and. I'm not a fan of sweet cigars. I'm with you. I, I don't like flavored cigars. I don't like sweet cigars, whatever. But what they do is they fill a beautiful gap for us because we have people who walk in here who are not cigar people because they love this bar. They love the place that Jen and Shane have put together. Yes. This is unique in this area. Yes. So if you're in the greater West County, St. Louis area, um, there's not any place like this, just bar-wise. Forget cigars for a second. The, this bar is unique to anywhere. Correct. Yeah, anywhere. And, and, and it's a little yeah. eclectic, but it's kind of on the fancy side, if you will. What are you talking about? There's doors on the ceiling. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you know, it's so, so on and so forth. So, so a lot of people come in here just to hang out, but every person kind of all of a sudden, their, their interest gets piqued with the cigars. And I can't put them directly into something that I love, Right. I love something that's a little more robust. You know, I'm a Maduro guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'll introduce them to a sweet Robusto. I can't tell you how many people, that's the first cigar they've ever smoked. And that little sweetness on the lips, which does wear off, right? Because, you know, your saliva kind of breaks it down over time. Um, and then you're smoking a cigar who now come here and smoke cigars on the regular who never have touched a cigar in their life. But this <laughs> has been their intro to a cigar. So it fits. Um, and, and I think it's fair to say, if it's not our biggest seller, Shane, it, it's probably one of the biggest. For when we got it in after the show for, fuck, it was July, so August, September, October, um, it was our number one buying, selling cigar. Yeah, and, and, nice. and again, not so much because of you know it, it, it's the best cigar we have. It's, it's certainly not, but it's a great entry cigar to get somebody in here. And particularly for women, because women will come in here and they'll be like, you know, they'll come in here maybe begrudgingly with their boyfriend or their husband. But then all of a sudden their interest gets peaked, maybe after a cocktail or two, and they want to they try something. And I'll say, I've got the cigar for you. And they'll get into it. And now we've got 
dozens and dozens of people who come in here who never would have come in here and never been in the cigar universe at all because of that cigar. Now, maybe they've matured and they've moved on beyond it. So it has a place. And for a guy like you and a guy like me, it's not our jam. Oh, at sure. All. I, will, I will never yeah. argue that. I don't, yeah. I don't think I don't think Hodge ever yeah, argued that Yeah, I'm not going to tell you ever. it's the best yeah. cigar we have. No, and I, I definitely, look, <laughs> I say this about everything. They're not making it because it's not working. Right. right? If, if the infusion market didn't work, there wouldn't be an infusion market. Yeah, and, and you, you know, know, when we do outside events, you know, we do rodeos, we do car shows, even weddings or, you know, golf tournaments, whatever. The, the flavored cigars that I would never touch, even beyond the, the sweet Robusto, the sugar tits, as we like to call it, um, those are what sell the best. We have one cigar uh, that the name escapes you right now, but it, sm- it tastes like and smells like the blue raspberry slushy at QT, and which to me is an awful way a cigar should taste. But this cigar sells to that market. Is that Tatiana? No, it's not. It's um. See, this you is sure where it's not. That's fine. That's fine. It That's might be actually. Might I, be. They do like a blueberry something, and I've heard everyone call it a blue slush and everything like that. Yeah, but yeah, but but my point is that, and go back to what Shane was saying earlier about our customer base. You know, whether you have the doctor, the attorney, the stockbroker who can smoke any cigar they want, and, and we do, we have those cigars. Yeah. But then you also have those blue collar guys who maybe they did grow up smoking the Schwarzer Sweet, or they, they grew, they whatever. You know, we have things that appeal to them, too. And that's what I think makes this place unique. Because just like you, I'm sure you've walked into many a high-end cigar place where it is just catering to that one crowd who's going to go in and smoke the $30 cigar, get the $30 pour, and so on. And that's wonderful, and that's awesome. And yeah. I, I love those places. Yeah. And when I go to Florida, there's a bunch of places that I'm like, I have to go to. And, these, that, and that's what you get. But Shane and Jen have created the environment here to where we've got those things. And we do. We have the high-end bourbons. We have the high-end tequilas. We have high-end cigars. And we also have beautiful middle grounds, which is where I like to live and everything. Yep. And, and then we have what I call the entry-level stuff. And it really creates an environment. You can walk here on a Friday or Saturday night. You can't fit a piece of paper in here. <laughs> and, you know, I, I go back to Fast Eddie's. Okay, I, I love Fast Eddie's. Fast Eddie's. And one of the things I love about it is that environment of you've got people where they're wearing tuxedos and people in a wedding gown that just came from a wedding that cost somebody $250,000 in St. Louis to throw. Right. And they're after, they're after parties at Fast Eddie's. And then you've got the guy out there who was just picking up trash all week, you know, drinking their, um, you know, Bush Light. Right. We have created, and I say we, Shane and Jen have created the environment in here that this is a microcosm of that. And it is unique to this area and it is unique i really think to your point really almost anywhere within the state if not the country this bar this little place in pacific missouri has become that hub for that environment and again kudos to you shane kudos to jen who just walked in um, for creating that because there really is no place else i choose to spend my time other than here yeah no it's we, we said this from the get-go, eclectic was the word we always use. I still describe that way. I'm like, dude, you want to have an eclectic little evening, man. And one of the coolest things that, that, that I found is is <clears throat> the environment here has taught, even taught us things, you know? Like, 
for the cowboy. You know, the joke always inside is, you know, it's the bourbon cowboy, but he's always drinking Tito's and club soda. Right? <laughs> well, Bear one day, and club exactly. Soda here we go. Here we go. Balls, this is bitch. where I'm going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let him tell the story. But right. he texts me one night, and he's he sends me a picture of this bottle, and it look in, in the I'm at home. I'm drinking, and he sends Shocking. me this picture, and I see the rocks glass, the lime, the straw, the stick bottle behind it and i was like oh, oh, oh tito's a club he goes no i think he said bare bones or, or he probably trying to talk into the phone and it picks something else up but talk about that i'll make room for you baby well listen i wanted to say something uh jen you get in there i'm letting you guys what? kind of jingling along a little bit but there's a couple of things i wanted to say uh, along with what you were talking about i i think one of the reasons um, a lot of these places are successful is because listen, we all go to high school. Then wait, what high school did you go to? Oh dear God! <laughs> anyway, not all. We all go to high school. school most of us, if not all, then we either go to college, we get into a job. But I, I think whether you play sports or whatever you get involved with, you're looking for a connection. You're looking for penny, uh, people that you can connect with and have a fun time with. And I think as your life goes on, you're still looking for new connections. And I think bourbon and cigars and places like this, you're looking for a connection, whether it be cigars, cocktails, or drinks. And then somewhere along the line, you have that fellowship where you form a group or you have people that are coming there. And then like you guys, you have a demographic that you're building that uh, fellowship or that connection with your group or your demographics. And I think that's the way it should be. Um, the fun thing about, you said you're a wine guy. I, I, my wife's a wine girl. We've drank a lot of wine in our life. The only thing that separates the wine people from the bourbon, for me personally, is that Oh, a, a bottle of wine is about a glass a piece because you, you do the two half. Right. Right. And that bottle's gone. The beautiful thing I love about bourbon or whiskey or spirits in general is that me and Mark can go back six years and I can pull a bottle, for example, like um, a Blood Oath one that was given out in 16 and we pull it out on the show and that bourbon is as good back in 16 as we had it and we're sharing it again you know absolutely six years later and it's still that quality's there and everything cigars can be a little different because that's a little different uh deal but that's why plus i love the story of bourbon because every bottle of bourbon has a story every family has a different story and there's not too many families where all of this is coming from as well as tobacco so these stories are all shared in this connection or fellowship that is made throughout these different communities and shops like these. And that's what I think is special about these places. Um, so yeah, kudos to Cigar Vault. I mean, it's awesome. We love coming here. We've loved being a part of the family and, and, and we love coming out here. So what do you guys Getting think of this Remus? Now she's got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of this Remus? It's excellent. 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 Yeah, excellent. it's um, 
you know, it, it doesn't you know go it doesn't have the most nose ever, but it, it makes up for it in flavor. So I may have misspoke on Remus. What is that bottle that I got? Uh, oh shit, it's probably four or five years now. When we were at uh, Top of the Rock, I got that that short, almost Woodford double double oak bottle that had the chain on it. Hmm. Starts with an R. With a chain on it? Yeah, it had the it had the a chain with the award plate on it. Um, damn, I'm not I'm not gonna remember uh, the name. You probably won't remember I'm that. Not remember but the name Remus, that, but, yeah. which <clears throat> I have only had probably a couple times in the last couple of years, and really found the juice. And it's from Indiana, and I thought it was from um, MGP, of course, because anything out of Indiana. Right. But this company is uh, Squibs. Um, it's a different distilling company in Lawrenceburg. Uh, so is this Indiana. different from uh, George R. Remus? That I don't know. But here's the other point I wanted to bring up, too. Because you brought up, you're like, hey, you know, I know Mark knows a lot about cigars, and you know a lot about bourbon. Um, and I think I know a lot about it. Here's another thing that when me and Mark started this podcast and our relationship a long time ago, I'm like, listen, I'm going to be on what we call like a radio show that's downloaded and then broadcasted out. And I feel like, well, I was a little, um, it's like, you know, you can only know so much. Right. And I always worried about not knowing enough, but I think the beautiful thing about our podcast and when we get together and, and have share in this dominity and this fellowship, whatever, is we're all learning together because Absolutely. there's no fucking way I'm going to know where that's from, all the particulars and whatever, and I shouldn't because I was worried about it. And I went to a good landscaper friend of mine who is one of the best in the industry. And he goes, Hodge, listen, bro, give it up. Have fun with it because I'm a plant man. And every fucking year, there's a new hundred varieties that come into my shop. I don't know it all. Yep. So if you accept the fact that you are not going to know it all, but you know something enough to share with somebody, and they share with you, and you're building your knowledge together, and that's what I think uh, we have fun with on the Craft Imperial uh, podcast show. Uh, because we're all in this exploration because... Let me tell you something. There's nobody that knows it all. I guarantee you Rocky Patel don't even know his whole goddamn excuse. Right. Sure. No fucking way. So I kind of gave that up a long time ago, and I don't worry about not always having the answers because it's all an exploratory, fun thing to do together, and that's kind of what we do. So I never worry about that. So for you and your knowledge and being at the table with us and whatever, I say don't ever worry about that. Just have fun and, and enjoy it. And it's the same thing about cigars. The only thing I would say about cigars, when we talk about, when I talk about putting bottles away and then drinking the ones that we drink, cigars is a little different. I never expect to sell any of my cigars. So mainly what I put away and have in my collection and one igloo cooler right now, um, is the stuff that I really love because I never expect to sell it. But when guys come over and want a good cigar, I have plenty of them to share and maybe give them something that they haven't had, uh, right? So, see, I go about it a little bit differently. When guys come to my house, smoke cigars, so 
quick, and I know we've brought COVID here a couple times, but it's, you know, one of those things. So when COVID first hit... It's an important part of our life. Yeah, right? it, well, it, it, it affects Christ. an important part of our life. What, life turned into pre and post-COVID, right? Right. And, and so, yeah, it's going to be PC you know, versus AD and, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, BC. But so when COVID first hit, you know, it's a lung thing, right? You know, initially and all that stuff. So I said to all my buddies who were coming to my house to smoke cigars. So all my friends are cigarette smokers. I'm the only one of my buddies I hang out with that aren't cigarette smokers. And uh, so we'd all sit in my garage, smoke I'd smoke cigars, they'd smoke cigarettes, and occasionally they'd say, eh, we have a cigar, you know, whatever, get, give something out. And uh, they're all hacking and coughing because they're inhaling them, you know, all that stuff. <sighs> you know, and, and drink whatever bourbons I have. So I said to everybody when COVID first hit, I'm like, hey, I don't give a shit, everybody still come over, hang out. Again, we had our one little square box, we put our one buddy in and say, <laughs> you have to sit there. But um, I said, well, let, let, let's cut back on this, you know, we're, we're, we're not smoking in the garage for, you know, blah, blah, blah. that lasts exactly two weeks. Like week two of COVID hit of the flat and the curve, and I'm like, fuck this noise. And, and you know, I ended up, you know, stocking up my, my humidor, which probably had 100 cigars in it, and two weeks later had 600 cigars in right. it. Because I was like, fuck it, I'm buying everything I can, you know, so on and so forth. And it became, my garage became the little cigar club, and everybody joke around that, hey, we should pay you like a monthly fee. And I'm like, yeah, you should, because this shit ain't free. <laughs> Glad it wasn't my idea, but and, and, box. Yeah. So, um, but where that led me to it is a place of exactly what you're talking about is, you know, kind of like, hey, you know, I know that I know a little about this stuff, but the little that I do know is light years beyond what the average person who's just walking in the front door knows. Of course. And so we recently started uh, a new bartender, who, and she's awesome. Her name's Julie. Stop by. See her. Um, but she, and she's owned her own bar before, and so she knows everything there is to know about the bar business, but she doesn't know a lot about the cigar side of it. So we walked in the humidor and spent about 15 minutes just kind of going through, hey, the basics, right? Here's the Connecticut's versus this versus that. And, you know, after that 15-minute primer, I said, now, you now know, because she was a little nervous about the cigar yeah, side of was, it. Right, right. And I said, but you now know more than 90% of the people who are going to walk in that door. And you know 100% more than people who walk in the door who've never touched a cigar. And because people are going to walk in the front door who don't, who've never had, I mean, they've had a cigar or two or three over, you know, whatever, but they don't know anything about it. And I said, you're able to point them in a direction, hey, here's something that's mild here's something that's medium body here's something that's full body just that little bit of knowledge so to your point it is that constant evolution of knowing your product knowing you know the stuff and you're never going to know it all so you know and i think with that she became very confident to be able to point folks in the right direction because we do have those folks who walk in who are cigar people right and you know they, they so but they already know what they're going after right they they, they know what they're looking for they, right. they know that and I just let, you know, and I'll let them go because everybody that walks in, I usually walk in with them to the humidor and say, hey, can I at least point you in the right direction, right? And, and there'll be those guys like, I know, I know what I'm looking for, which is great. Uh, but more often than not, the people will be like, well, you know, I've, you know, I've had a cigar at a wedding or I've had this or that, you know, and I really like this. And I'll be able to say, hey, you know, if you really like that, you're going to enjoy this, right? And I've never had, I haven't had one person over the past year come back to me and say, eh, you know, I really didn't like that. Because you, you can correlate yeah. the values, which, exactly. is, which is solid, man. I mean, it's, you know, Hodge and I doing, doing this whole thing. I mean, I still go to him now, and I, is it fair that I can say I probably read more about bourbon? Oh, way more. Okay. 
and there are still fucking times, man. And it's like, he'll laugh because I could just pull a cigar out of my ass in mid-conversation. Like, a name. I'll just pop it out. But he he'll do he can do the same damn thing with a bourbon. Like I'll I'll be saying something. He's like no he'll he'll be like no 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 it's it was it was I'm like, oh okay yeah that one never mind my bad, you know. It's not the chain one though. Yeah, not, not the chain one. Well that it. that should right there let you know it that's probably one of those bottles that we didn't drink. I thought it looked cool. I bought it and no no good. But much like you're saying, you take someone in, you correlate different cigars together and. I really like what you said about the percentage of knowledge that you have from that point forward, you know? I mean, it's it's something I had said before. It's, you know, the greatest and the worst thing that happened for the spirit and tobacco market was the Internet, right? You can find anything you want to know written by anyone that thinks they know it online or, now. Or a computer that doesn't know anything about it. That too. You know, I mean, it... You, Everybody is a Google cigar. Everyone's aficionado. a fucking aficionado now. Right. And and I mean I don't mean it horribly, but it's like, dude, whatever happened to it just being a hobby? You know, we we joke because once a week we sit down and we we do our podcast and we do this. And we talk about specific cigars once we light them and we jump in, which we'll touch on the hooligan at some point, I promise. But we're getting ready to get on another cigar, so we'll work that shit out. But um, we also made it a point not too long ago that we've even drawn ourselves back. We're just hanging out and we're smoking. We're just smoking, man. Like, it's, yep. what are you smoking? What do you got? Or he, he'll be like, dude, I got these things in the mail. And I'm like, well, let's fucking go. And we, <laughs> we cut in and we start lighting them. It's like, that's a banger, bro. What do you what And the you first think? time we did it, the first know. time we did it, it was like, that's a banger. And it was like. Nope. It's a banger. I like it. We're not doing this. We're not doing it. But we do we do it with, with the bourbons, you know, when, when we're having when we're having our drinks too. You know, like we'll go to we go to dinner and shit and it's like okay, you really want to sit here and talk about this bourbon and we're just shoving oysters and shit in our mouths? Like yeah, it really tastes like the Pacific and caramel. And then we have it a week later on a podcast, we're like, Whoa, that's different. Well, yeah, there's a fish in your mouth. You know. Well, you know, and, and, and it's funny you bring that up, too, because one of the things that I like to do is pairings, right? You mm-hmm. know, and, and I'll do bourbon and cigar pairings. I'll do wine and cigar pairings, you know, things like that. And, you know, which I think I do a pretty good job of. And then, you know, ran into one of our cigar folks and, you know, he was looking at some of my pairings and he's like, no, it's the opposite. You should be going this way with it and da, da, da. And, and, and I completely heard what he was saying. But, you know, I go back to my wine universe, right? And, and, you know, it's the old red with steak, white with chicken, you know, da da, da. And, Yeah, but and, I drink red wine with fish. So. But you know what? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's where, it. it's where what you dig, <laughs> right? And there are, there are cigars that I'm sure other people absolutely love that I don't like. And there are cigars I'm sure I love that other people don't yeah, like. And, uh, so, you know, the same with bourbons and whatnot. But, yeah, and I got to tell you, though, this Remus... Is something else. Yeah, I want to. Uh, I well, want the one to thing I wanted this. to say real quick, which Sorry. is unusual. Here I'm sitting um, with this owner, which he took the time out to come down and talk to me, whatever. I've seen a lot of barrel picks. Me and Mark are, are kind of in the industry. We're around everything that's going on. I've never seen a Remus barrel pick. No, I, I've no. not. So that caught me off guard a little bit. I got when he brought so ex- Remus over, I got so excited. I was like, what the hell? This guy, Little South City Bar, which 
Jeff's famous bar. It's famous. It's a bomb ass bar, dude. It says it right in the name. And have you ever been there? Yeah. Long, yeah, a while ago. The place yeah. is fantastic. I, I would love for him to get a cigar uh, place going there again. But I've never seen a barrel pick by Remus, and I tried it, and he gave me a, a, a sample, and I'm like, hell yeah, I'll get a bottle of that. He I sent mean, me the picture last night, and I got so excited. Like, hell yeah. Where are you at? Like, I was like, almost that conversation, like, hey, grab me one. He's like, read the label. It's your old stomping ground. I was like, he just got it. Oh, shit. funny. Like, I just got nuts that it's a Remus pick. Like, I, and again, I, I wonder if, am I saying this wrong? Isn't George, isn't Remus the bottles that, there's one, two, three, and four out now. They did a Sinatra blend. Tall bottles. I don't know. I don't. I didn't like any of them. The Remus bottles that I am you know aware what? of. I do have a cell phone. They have kind of an old uh, Art Deco. If only there was a device where you could Jesus find these Christ, It's I'm kind of an old Art Deco type bottle. Um, yes, yes. But then there's another one in Kansas City. I don't know if it's called Tom Tom. That's Rieger. Rieger. No, no. There's another one outside of Rieger. It's a yeah, these are, these are the bottles I'm talking about. It is like the Tom Tom and whatever. And it's it may be what you're... So I know... I know Okay. Those Remus. Those. Oh. So they, yeah, they, did, a, they did a Sinatra bottle, too? Because I know Jack Daniels has a Sinatra. No, sorry. They did the Gatsby bottle. Okay. So okay. Jack, Jack, I have the Sinatra bottle. Jack Daniels yeah. did. I have that bottle. But, you know, go back to the, the Heaven Hill for a second, the Bottle and Bond. You know, Bottle and Bond became a big thing, what, about three years ago, right at the beginning of COVID, to where everybody was releasing a Bottle and Bond. Even Jack came out with a bottle. They, they came out with, like, a whole series of Bottle and Bond stuff. Yeah, well, they did their big Bottle and Bond was that last year? Yeah. And so we were down at the distillery. just happened to be, we went to do a Nashville trip because, you know, it's Nashville. Who doesn't live in Nashville? And we're like, ah, screw it. We'll go down to Jack Daniels, which I've been down there before, but I had some buddies who hadn't. And um, they were just releasing their Bald and Bonds. And, and they did the Triple Mash. They did the Bald and Bond. Um, and, they, that's what, and you were only able to get it. Now you, there was a wide release, but you were only able to get it in the distillery at the time. So... I put a good bottles bottle, and I'm not a huge Jack Daniels fan at I all. I hate Jack Daniels. And but their bottle and bond and their triple mash, their triple mash is worth checking out if you haven't tried it. Have we've not. had it. It's, we have. Yeah. Well, we've had the Jack Daniels bottle and bond. Not triple mash. Yeah, but the, no, the, we haven't had the triple yeah, mash. Yeah, but the triple mash is pretty good stuff. It, it is again. I'm not a Jack Daniels guy. Well, as a kid, I was. So I thought it was cool, right? Well, that's yeah, my right. problem. Yeah, it Jack all tastes like Coke. hell yeah, right. we were. Doing it all that. it all right. tastes like watered down Jack and Coke now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and and, smell and, it. It thinks it reminds me of that. And, and, and so, but yeah, check out that triple mash if you have a chance. And, and I've got a couple bottles at home. If you can't find it, let me know, and, and I'll give you one. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, and, but now it is in wide release, and um, I think Schnucks has it now. Um, it, it's, it, it is definitely not taste like your traditional Jack right. Daniels. Although so, I do say Jack Daniels is a little like Gatorade. You know you're drinking Gatorade no matter what flavor Gatorade it is. Right, Jack right. Daniels is kind of the same way. but It has the, that distinct deal. So, Leo, yeah. if you wouldn't mind, what I'd like you to do, will you go... We're smoking Hooligan. I know everybody here enjoys Hooligan. We do, at least. It's a, that fell flat. That was supposed to be. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah, it's great. Woo-hoo. Meow. <laughs> that got That's giggle. a me-wow. Me-wow. Will you grab our next cigar? So I've got a cigar that I really enjoy that's right. in there. All right. Um, I'll go grab a, a couple of them, take a little boys' room break real mm-hmm. quick, and let you guys have at it. No, if, if you would. And I'll fill them in on why meow. 
There you go. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you the real story after he lies to you. Take that mic off. Now I'm going to leave the mic back. on and be like, what was it, the naked gun when Leslie Nielsen goes okay. to the bathroom and, and wears <laughs> the, the mic? I'll tell you, it picks everything up. <laughs> Thank you. I just, I've, based on your conversation, I'd really like you to pick an extra scar if you don't mind. Thank you. So skip the meow while we wait for Lee to get back. Um, I want you guys to check this out from Woodworks real quick. Stand by. Elevate your smoking ritual with Woodworks Custom Exotic Wood Ashtrays. Crafted to perfection, each ashtray tells a unique story of luxury and sophistication. Experience the artistry of exotic woods tailored to your taste. Discover yours today. Visit woodworks.co or Instagram at woodworks underscore STL. Ignite elegance with every ash. You know, over there in Imperial. And... Uh, they just chose to come here. He goes, it, it was 20 minutes there or 20 minutes here. So they just, boom, he goes, told his wife they came here for a date night. He's like, but keep in mind, we're creatures of habit. Wherever we go, this is probably going to be our new joint. And they came here and, you know, then he, like we did with three of our other bartenders. Right. Hey, you keep fucking coming here. You're going to get, a, you're going to be behind the bar. Right. And I'd love it. And he's got a cigar sommelier certification. Um, he he's gonna help us grow the outside of the this sales. Cool. So I love that. Anything so for events. Well, Hodge, will you talk about the backbone vodka incident here at Cigar Vault? Yeah. Barebone. Bare. Uh, see, I'm sorry, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I know this yeah, motherfucker is the barebones. I'm T-dose. already on to uh, Mealy, which you have too, correct? Who? Mealy vodka. I don't think so. Momoa's? Well, now, let me just say this. Well, we're off. We're right on. Now. We're on. Now. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, so I, um, we, we have a friend of ours who, uh, we call him Paul Cass. It's Cassimaticus, and I'm probably even saying that wrong. No, that's his real last name. Okay. It's like a fucking but gladiator. We, uh, short, we call him, uh, anyway, he makes candles out of bottles. So, all of us store our own bottles, and when we see him, we give him all of our bottles. Because he kept, uh, cuts candles and has a cigar line, which, if you've been to Total Wine, he has all of his um, candles there of different bottles cut, and they're great. Anyway, I so I'm always looking at uh, bottles, but I'm an artist too, so I, I always have uh, um, look at uh, bottles for the value of the design and whatever. Anyway, I see this beautiful bottle, and it's vodka. It's 20 bucks. I'm like, well, man. Listen, I'm going to try this vodka no matter what. The bottle's fantastic. So I buy it, 20 bucks, and I always tell everybody, like, well, hey, we see you, uh, man, you're the bourbon cowboy, but we see you drinking. Like, listen, man, that's my water. Right. Right? A little <laughs> bit of my water, and I'll get some of them bourbons in there. They're coming. But I tried this, and I really liked it. So I went back over to Schnucks, where I live across there in De Pere, and I asked the guy, is this going to be a regular thing? And she goes, oh, yeah, we're stocking this heavy. And she goes, by the way, do you know who makes that? And I said, no, I, I have not read anything because that's the way I am. I just try it first. And she goes, that is a Jason Mamone, Mamone. and a, a, a partner of his, which he's kind of a, an adventurist, whatever. And they got together, they're great friends, and they created this bottle through Recycle Glass which is a fantastic story. And then they came up with this. I want to say it's done in Billings, Montana, is where they have this vodka distillery. I love it. 
anyway, so that's been kind of the new craze is because uh, I love this vodka. I think it's really good. So I've been drinking that of late. Um, but if you haven't tried it, I'll, I'll bring a bottle out next time and, and give you guys a chance to do it. It's like $20 right now at Schnucks. He had an event there. He came in town. They bought 2,500 bottles. Um, he was there for two and a half hours. They sold like 22, 2,300 bottles. Jeez. And two and a half hours. Uh, it was their biggest. It's Cal Drago and Aquaman, dude. Like, wow, right. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. And, and they did like $45,000 in two. It's their biggest draw ever. Um, and of course, you know, everybody likes Jason uh, because he's such a down to earth guy, whatever, blah, blah. And he's course good a great guy and he's all the women stud, are there yeah. right yeah, so stud. that factor but his product is really good i like the way he's done it and anything so that's kind of the story of where i, I was i've been trying to get out of the tito's thing and i liked the bare bones uh, i thought that was a great product too so here is the other one um that i'm talking about now so if you haven't tried to give it a shot okay um look forward to it yeah all right, so Shane, uh, Leo, what do you got? So this is the Istanbul. Istanbul. This is, Istanbul. This is from Delay, or if I'm saying it correctly. Delay. Delay. I'm good right now, thank good. you. All right. All right. And this is something. This is Zagari out of Germany. Uh, Tur- it's a Turkish tobacco. Turkish. Yeah, but this is Delay yeah. Zagarian. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we... Um, Turkish tobacco. Yep. Well, you popped that cherry for me. Yep. So, so, so this is something that we ran into when we were at the PCA in Vegas in July, and um, Luciano um, reps them, and they, you know, they have a great line, Maria Lucia's, um, which we have, which are awesome. But he's like, hey, have you tried one of these? They were uh, a new release for the show. And I was like, no, I never had one. You know, I'm not impressed by much anymore. You know, everything kind of has, you know, its place and so on. But I would say for me, in the past 10 years, this is the first cigar that kind of really knocked my socks off. I mean, just just blew me out of the water. And you've got some big socks. I do. And it's size 16 feet. So there you go. Um, So, listen, the old analogy is That would explain the mile wide. You don't even need skis. You're a a barefoot water skier, right? My my wife would be the first to attest that the old adage is not true. Um, She's faithful. Yeah. And uh, so, but yeah, no, this cigar, they, they, they did a really limited release. We were able to get our hands on half a dozen boxes of them. And I'm fairly certain these are not, these are regular production in Germany, but not regular production in the States, right? Correct. That's, that's my understanding as well. Um, and, you know, again, it, it smokes different. Um, the uh, the, the Tur- Turkish tobacco you know, which for those who don't know is traditionally what was used in camel cigarettes. Yes. Back when camel cigarettes. Also, fun fact, are you a pipe guy at all? No, I'm not. So a lot of the imported Virginia tobacco is Turkish tobacco. Okay. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, they, they, they it, it's just, um, you got to give it a minute. It, it, smo- it, it lights a little harsh. Um, but once you get into it, um, the blend is phenomenal. Um, I, I just Shits enjoy Shits and giggles, do you know the blend which on is? it? I do, but I forgot it at the moment because I've had too much Remus. Oh, you had oh. one. Dude, I'm not a big drinker. Fuck it. 
I, you know, people look at me all the time and they say, yeah, you walk into my garage, I've got... Amazement talking about all this. I've got, his garage I, I've got six, I, I've and got, I said I was drinking, he goes, of course you were. Yeah, I've got like, six, I've got yeah. 62 bourbons and scotches sitting on my bar. Okay, you know what's fair? If you know the count, you're not a big drinker. So, <laughs> right? Um, but they are, for the most part, when people stop by and they come in, I, I could give them a decent pour of something. That's awesome. All right, cool. Um, and um, so that being said. Wow, this is dope, dude. Yeah, it, it's unique. It's different. I think we're the only people in greater St. Louis to carry them. Um, and, uh, they are like, again, become my wow moment cigar of two, of 2023. All right. Wow. The me wow moment. Yeah. Let's get in them. Oh, you go, bud. Finish that out. Mine. Uh, okay. Shane, so while we light into these, I want to ask you another, uh, industry fun side question with, with your business, everything going on. So you own one of the most eclectic, awesome hotels that I've ever seen. I mean, you know, unless this side of Vegas, no one's ever fucking saying, but awesome hotel. Um, when you guys did the lounge and now that you're in the lounge, we're going on 18 months now, 14, 15, 15, 15 months, open up October. Was October? Yep. Oh, well, we meetings right, earlier. Right, right. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Meetings but before we open. so what have you found that's been the most exciting? Not, not against the growth. Not what you've been able to do or experience. Right, maybe that's your question. What do you look forward to the most going into 24? What are you looking forward to the most for Cigar Ball? You know, you got you got Leo on board. You got Bill. Obviously, we have to meet Julie. She sounds great. Um, you and you and Jen banging this thing out, hiring the staff that knows what's going on, and and giving that experience to everyone around you, and not for any for any moment uh, losing their own excitements um with this guy and his mile wide penny poker <laughs> um but uh what are you looking forward to most come 24 uh large groups of people um outside sales uh getting people you're gonna have a good time no matter when you come here um i mean today we're not closed and apparently there's multiple people at the bar I knew, I, mean, we should have par- I knew we should have parked on the road. Right. I was almost going to call him, like, hey, dude, should we park at, like, Brown Jerry's? And just <laughs> I know. I was ready. I was, like, I was going to invite He him. told me. He's like, dude, so I'm just going to call the boys. I'm like, bro, they're closed on Tuesday. It's, like, just like, us. Oh, yeah, shit, because we had another party coming here. I, even, I asked, I asked Leo. Ago, and they're like, bro, we're, like, ten guys from Legends coming. I'm like, bro, they're closed. Like, oh, and shit. had we known, that's we try to have a day a week closed, and what's what? We didn't close Monday because everybody else was closed on Monday, so everybody's closed on Monday. It right. Like. So it's like, do we do what everybody else does, or let's try fucking to get that DoorDash Monday night? is closed on Monday. Oh wow, let's get the Monday night crowd for football. So I, I would like to be open seven days a week, you know, at some point, um, just because there's no rhyme or reason or good or bad day to enjoy a cocktail and have a laugh. Um, but growing our outside sales. Um, bring it in. We've got a phenomenal barber, G's Barber, right next to us. And it's just a, a guy's place, you know, to get your fro tightened and to get your beard cushed up. Did you say fro's tightened? Fro tightened. Fro tightened. Well, three out of the four of us are bald here. Yeah, yeah. so. But we keep our beards trimmed. Well, they will wax or whatever they do to beards over there. Exactly. Well. Um, but they do a lot of, like, bachelor parties. So they'll come in on a Saturday. Well, what do you do for four hours before the wedding's at four or five o'clock? You know, we and 
relationship with them, and they they sometimes <coughs> will get their beards, their froze, their their get their do did, and they'll come in here, and then they'll kind of weed out, and you know there'll be a three or four hour process in which you have a nice group of guys enjoying life and trying to tell the brides and that we're not going to get them too wrecked, but you know that's kind of up to them. Um, but continuing growing and adding more lines. Uh, we're next year we'll roll out. We don't have a membership yet, but we're gonna we're gonna get that in place in January. Um, we're fifteen hundred square feet, so we're super small. We're limited on what we can do with lockers but the and things space, like that. But the space is handled so appropriately. And what I what I would like to compliment, if, if hopefully this is a compliment when I say this. I'm not even going to work it out. I'm just going to say it. You could have done the thing that most do with the space. They, You want ass in seats, right? That's the idea, right? It takes right. time to smoke right. a cigar, right? right? The bar's only so long. Yep. You don't want to crowd the bar because then you can't have anybody standing, you can't have anybody checking out. But you could crowd the seats. Mm-hmm. And I think you've done the most amazing job with the way you space out the seating. You know, it, it's something I was, I was getting alluding to earlier. Is I'm like, you know, there's been times we've come in here. Should I walk in the back door in here? Uh, in November, November, when the uh, no, it was Halloween on Halloween. Halloween, right? It was raining. We right. walked in the back door, sat back here watching football. I was here for two and a half hours. Right. I said hi to like two people, but we sat back here. We were watching football. I was smoking. I was waiting on I'm waiting on an appointment to end, and um, uh, to pick up my goddaughter, and we paid up, peaced out, went out, and and the entire front of the store was. Fucking bumping was going nuts, and then we've we've had you know we do the events here. We've had events. We've hung out here afterward, and then we've had the whole back full, the front bar full. You you do you've got the patio out back. Where you guys will cook and hang out out back. I mean, the way that you've handled the space is better than most. Thank you, yeah. thank you. You know we you said grills out back, so we've got a lot of customers, friends, you know people that like to grill. And randomly, um, you know, we, we can serve food and sell food. We've got our food service license and whatnot, but we don't have a kitchen, so we have grills. So well, doesn't doesn't that would cause you a pain in the ass to have a kitchen? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You don't know we don't want to get yeah. into that. But there'll be times in which it's a random Tuesday night. I'm not doing it tonight. But uh, <laughs> I'll go and buy, you know, 20 pounds of wings, and we'll just grill the shit out of them, and it's just... We, we treat everyone like family, so we give away food. You know, it's just... Uh, some I love it, We'll man. do pork steaks. Someday we'll do, you know, potlucks with our friends. And we just bring in food and share and enjoy and have a good time. Love it. But to get where your point is, is continuing to grow our outside sales. Uh, we'd like to have some kind of a mobile device in which we can go to weddings. We've got multiple wedding events out here. Um, there's been requests where we can bring our handful of our cigars and, uh, you know, show up at the wedding and sell cigars there. Hell yeah, man. And that's and that's really unique, too, because it shows the whether or not those are patrons of the establishment or people that have heard of you. And to, for some of the other, what, weddings are special, right? I mean, you get fucking right. married and you sign your life away from somebody. Yep. Yep. Right, you yep. have to do the thing, and it's <laughs> yep. more expensive to leave it than it is to join it. Right, it's kind of fucked up how that thing works, but um, it's really cool to see people want you to be a part of that thing. You yep. know, so uh, 
Leo, I'm going to ask about the cigar. But Cowboy, what did you think of starting this cigar? Oh. Uh, well, again, I we've talked about this uh, before. I think this is one of these cigars that you need to let it go for a while because it's just now lit. I think it's just kind of doing its thing now. I think you're going to... I would reserve anything that I would say about the cigar uh, until you get for to the while second or third phase. Because right, right. I, I just think um, the reference to my question is Leo said it started out harsh. Right. So um, was he right in that aspect? It's not as harsh as I would have thought. Um, you know, when me and Mark were working on our cigars, the construction is definitely one of the things that we talked about. No matter what we do, the construction's got to be good, even if. Because we were just like, listen, man, we do not want people fucking calling us and saying, man, that construction is shit, hard to light, blah, 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 blah. Took a little bit to light it. But like I said, I think, you know, we just like smoke them for a while and let it get into the the deal. But it wasn't as harsh as I thought, really. Um, He said it would be harsh. I, I didn't think it was super harsh. So so here's the stats on it. I, I pulled it up. So it is a limited release that was, you know, from the PCA. Um, yeah, a thousand boxes of it. Um, so binders, Pennsylvania Broadleaf, uh, fillers, Dominican, um, wrappers, uh, Corojo 99. Um, and again, their, their, their whole goal they were trying to get here is go back to that Turkish marketplace where you're walking around drinking the, the Turkish coffee, which you've ever had. You stir Turkish coffee, you pull your spoon out, it's half melted. Yeah. And, it, it you know, Cuban coffee, right, you know, is a big thing. You know, so all, all the cigar bars that I go to down in Little Havana in Miami, <clears throat> every, every place you go, when you, when you buy cigars, they hand you a little thing of Cuban coffee. And which Cuban coffee is like espresso on steroids. Excuse me, I'm hydrated. Um, Turkish coffee is a whole nother ball of wax. It is, I mean, it, it, it'll take the hair off your chest and regrow it. So, you know, that's their goal when they create the cigar is to kind of recreate that, that, that whole Turkish market environment, walking through with those different smells of tobacco and so on. Um, again, I, it, it's a medium-bodied cigar. I think it smokes more like a full-bodied cigar. Um, it. it as you get into it, it gets more complex. Um, it miles out, it evens out. Um, you know, for me, I'm not going to say it's my favorite cigar that I've ever had, but it's definitely one of the best finds I've, no, I've had No, you years. said this one, like, yeah. your uh, antlers went up on this. Um, what uh, I got out of that was we need it. to have a Turkish coffee machine here. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, the size on this, it doesn't look like it's a full 660. Maybe it's a five and a half by 55 or 57, maybe or something. Yeah, we, we offer three it's sizes. It's not a full it. 660, right? No, 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 it's not. And um, we we have three sizes in it. We bought all three sizes that they make it in. Um, and uh, but again, I I think it's just you know to me to go back to what Mark was saying, you know. When I smoke a cigar, it's a release from the day, right? It, it is a, and as Shane said with the bar here, it, it is a place to be able to 
you know, sit back, enjoy, forget about what, whatever stresses we had walking in the door, um, whether that's work life, family life, all the above. This time of year, the holidays, everybody's stressed out, trying to do shopping, whatever. But when you could light up a cigar and be able to forget about that, the aromas take you to a different place. They may take you to a different time. That's what I'm looking for in a cigar. And and to me, this gives me all of those things. Um, Yeah. And and again, it's just something I really enjoy. The reason I asked about the harshness off the back, it does start out really dry. There's not... There's, you don't get any of the ignition. It's not like you're getting anything burnt. I'm not saying that. But it does start out like a pipe tobacco. Yep. It is sharp. It is potent, but not spice potent. And it smokes Dry fast. potent. It, it is a fast, faster smoking cigar. You'll, you, even though, you know, if you look at our humidor, we, we keep it 70-70, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's it, it's as comfortable as an environment can be for a cigar. You think then all the cigars would smoke at a similar speed. Well, but that's that's separate from right. construction of, of the cigar. Yeah. But this will smoke fast. I mean, I, I've been smoking this for 10 minutes, and I've already got, you know, uh, 15% of it. 27 inches? Ash. Oh, yeah. 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 And so, <laughs> you go back. Go back to my film environment. It's I'm just, weird. I, 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 thought we were pl- I thought we were playing on that all night. Right? I just thought we were playing oh, yeah. on that. <laughs> no. So, it, it yeah. is cool, though. You pulled the blend up because... Um, I was going to say Turkish tobacco. I haven't heard of Turkish tobacco in a cigar. In, in I've never I've not heard of it. Um, but to reconstruct Turkish value of tobacco, that's intriguing. Yeah. That's unique. That's um, that's more unique than you know. For the longest time in cigars, when in the early, late '90s, well, no, we'll say the mid 2000s. I think is when the Cuban want boom came back into play. Because up until about, I'd, I'd say, 99, not personally, but reading, talking with people that did, you could still readily pretty much get your Cubans out of Canada, fairly well-priced, not what they are now, um, but you, you could get them. You know, some of the Ebor factories were actually still producing uh, Cuban tobacco. Um, but in the mid-2000s, I think that, that want boom came back, that drive for it. And then you started seeing... Um, Fuente wrote it for a while with the Rosado line. They were talking about, we're recreating Cuban tobacco. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing, man. I've said this about Cuban tobacco all the time, right? Anybody that tells me they've smoked a strong Cuban cigar has never smoked a Nicaraguan cigar. Okay? Never, ever. They've never done it. And they've honestly never smoked an Añejo Dominican cigar. Because I have yet, in all the money I've spent on Cubans... Thank you, sir. I have looked... I have looked for strong Cuban cigars. Now, have I found big body Cubans? Sure. Yes. Loads of flavor. Heavy smoke. Love it. Strength on the cigar? Dude, I, I'll go, I will go, I'll grab you a Tatuaje Tattoo, which is still to this day a $6.50 cigar, a Pepin, Nicaraguan Corojo, and put any Cuban against that cigar, and it's stronger than a Cuban, strength-wise. Body-wise, it doesn't compare to 90% of some Cubans that I've had, right? But recreating or reimagining to try and repurpose or or show again something that hasn't, right? Unless you've done Turkish hash or Turkish pipe tobacco, you don't know. Um, 
closest I would say to that. I mean, if hookah would probably give right. the initial cut on the cigar, right? The, the charcoal tobacco through and through. Um, I see that there, but that's that's fun. That's really cool. Never, I, I'll tell you right now, I've never never done that before. I've not in a cigar. I've not repurposed, you know, or, or thought about Turkish in a cigar at all. That's really cool. Yeah. So again, that that goes back to I think the uniqueness of it. Um, and, and I'm glad that we were able to provide you with something that, if we could bring you something that you haven't experienced before. Well, I'm gonna tell I, you to I, slow I down. Us, I give us a, a gold. I'm gonna, <laughs> I am gonna I'm gonna give you this. Don't smoke so fast. You're pointing out. See, that's what happens. I get excited. You're cooking. I get excited. <laughs> You're cooking. I just gotta keep you talking. <laughs> No, thank you. I have, I've seen this in there, and um, I know that they, I really hope we're saying that right, but it's the Zagarian. I know that. He's the, um, I used to joke, he's on Instagram, and I used to joke that he's probably the only other guy between, I'm the only guy that's got, well, no, he does too, but him and I, I think, are the only two people that don't work for crown heads, that have crown heads tattoos on our body. <laughs> I've got two Calaveras skulls, 14 and 17, Las Calaveras, and he's got CYOP on his left hand, so carve your own path on his left hand. Um, but yeah, this is this is yeah, I like this so far. This is good. I'm not mad. But I wanted to address the harshness that you said because I could see in this, like you were talking earlier, you're correlating with somebody on something they smoked before. It would be hard to correlate this cigar. If you're not a cigar smoker, because unfortunately, as much as everyone's a savant because of the internet on tobacco, right. um, if something burns really hot, I mean, I've I've had one cigarette in my life. I smoked a, a, a Marlboro Red, I think. <laughs> if you're gonna I, have one, that's I would I equate had, right? that, I, I think. And well, and I I did it wrong too. Like I got laughed at because I smoked it like a fucking cigar. Yeah, you know, like my cigarette took longer than the everybody else's cigarette. I'm mean, still holding it like fucking. <laughs> how you do it, right? Yeah, you know. No, I, I could see that in the beginning of it, which is really cool. Um, do you retrohale? No, you know, I I have a um. For whatever reason, I, I this is bad to say as a cigar smoker. So I, I had childhood asthma, and it's still if I try and bring anything back and bring it up it, 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 it'll start me in a coffee may I ask like have you never... ever been taught to retrohale I think I have but I probably did it wrong so when and just for fun here how were you taught to retrohale you know just bring it back and okay so all you gotta do pull the smoke in your mouth okay push your tongue against the roof of your mouth mm-hmm. and blow out through your nose okay you'll retrohale you shut down. I'll, I'll give, I'll give it a right? shot, yeah. and if I start coughing, but it should be a natural. It shouldn't be anything forced. It should yeah. just be a natural thing that you just kind of let it. You don't force it, but it just kind of uh, unconsciously comes up to your nose. Okay. Um, and it gets those flavors. Um, me and Mark did, um, and I think the kind of the class was specially designed for rappers in some way, but. The, re- the retro hail is able to uh, pull some flavors out of the cigar that you may not get unless you're retrohaling. Okay. And when I retrohale this, I really get a high uh, 
at the end, a high sense of sweetness in my nose, um, w which is good. Um, um, but that's another one of those things, like I told you before, like you think you know everything, and then you're doing something unconsciously, like I will shut my eyes and I will retrohale a cigar, and I will try to get some of those flavors that maybe I'm not getting, and then I'm getting something in the re retrohale. Okay. What is not this? knowing that I'm doing anything correctly, and this then meet with a guy who said that is an absolute technique. Um, uh to sense those flavors that you're getting out of the cigar. And this has really got a high sweetness, which is kind of unusual with the different tobacco deeper, that I'm yeah. not. Yeah, the idea with the retrohale is, like like Cowboy said, is you're completing your sensory palate, right? So right. your nose and your tongue work together, Sure. right? The best way I can explain that is, well, your eyesight, your eyes, your nose, and your tongue all work together, right? Feel is kind of the last thing you do. The reason I've said that, the best example I have of that is you're at a restaurant, you see a plate come out, you see it, and you smell it. Mm -hmm. What's that? You didn't pick it up and feel it. You're right, not right. You're not listening to it. You're like, you saw it. That's <laughs> the thing that works with cigars, right? That's why I joke about, I'm a label whore. I'm not afraid to admit it, okay? Especially when it comes to wine. I have so many bottles of red wine that... Why'd you buy that? You say, look at that fucking label, dude. I'm just going to clean that thing off and put it on something. Well, it was good, right? But the thing with the retrohale is you're combining and finishing your whole palate. Now, where a lot of people go wrong with it is you try to... The amount of smoke that comes out of your nose should not be the amount coming out of your mouth. Right, which right? I think I've done in the past. Now, your, your palate, your tongue, your mouth, your, 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 the top end of your esophagus can handle the smoke volume. You start pumping a retrohale every time you draw on a cigar, you will cook your palate. You will burn it out. You know, so, and sometimes, like, in conversation, I'll catch, I'll catch myself, and I'm, I'm talking, and I can see the smoke coming out of my, <laughs> my nose. I'm like, okay, you got you to stop that. Let it go because you will cook your entirety of your palate. Everything will start tasting kind of burnt or mute, right? Or right, right. suddenly the sweetness becomes part. You know, it's like, mm, it's not as sweet as I thought it was in that moment, you know? I'm going to drop that mic. Yeah, no, so I've been trying it as you've been here doing, talking about it. And I think that the difference <laughs> is the putting your tongue to the top of your the roof of your mouth and doing it. I, I'm definitely getting it without sucking it down. Cause when I've done it in the past, I've always ended up swallowing some of the smoke and, and where I go into that massive coughing thing yeah. and do, you know, so the, the tongue to your palate is, is definitely making a difference. Yeah. Have and, you and ever smoked cigarettes? No, no, I've never. Well, that's a good thing because there's a lot of people that try to make a move from cigarettes and get maybe they're even been off cigarettes and they really want to give the cigars a shot and they have a real hard time um just bringing it into your mouth and then letting it go and letting the flavors kind of flow around in your mouth a little bit they really struggle with that hard well i think i mentioned earlier that all my buddies are cigarette smokers oh, right? and, tough, and they'll yeah. come into the the garage and you know they'll be like oh let me get a cigar you know da, da, da. And they will. They'll, they'll catch themselves inhaling. 
and, and they do they, they have that that challenge but you're yeah, right we've all done it that you're you're talking to somebody and you actually get the <laughs> right you well, get that I, whole I joke, thing yeah yeah i joke around all the time i said oh it's my first cigar and where i end up doing that's on the golf course yeah and yeah well so you've been talking about the golf course and i want to bring this up i mean i want you two to answer this shane and leo to answer this We've done this. We had a whole hour-long conversation about this about a year ago on the podcast, but this is fun, and I want to do this. So, Shane, you owning the lounge. Leo, obviously, you you golf. You're talking about it. You golf. I hope you're as Not bad well, as... I, oh, dude, that's why we do it, because we have fun, but we, we're a hell of a double. <laughs> <laughs> you give us eight shots, four of them are good, bro. I'll tell Damn you right. what. You may believe that. Yep. We will par I, some. I, I, I'll right just there. put it this way. We look good. Yeah, but... Yeah. I got the clothes. The clubs, like, and I drive a golf cart like a motherfucker. A All right, go. I bag go. it up like a bitch. All right. I bag it up like a music video. And it and sounds good when we hit the ball. Yes, it there does. There you go. It's that <laughs> now, beautiful. That doesn't that. matter. The second sound doesn't matter. It's the pink. Yep. Yeah. You yeah. did it. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like the TV. And then you just you just pick the tee up and walk away like you know where it's at. It's just fucking, it's over there somewhere. God, that but, looked good. So, well, do you... Segregate or delegate certain cigars for when you're golfing versus when you're not. Hmm. I don't. I'll go ahead and take the first answer. That absolutely. Loser. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> no, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because I am terrible at leaving cigars behind on the golf. Oh yeah, course. me too. Yeah. And so I, I have got a handful of cigars. That I enjoy, and I'll give you the cigar that is my golf course cigar. Okay, well, hang on. Before you finish that, you enjoy them. Do you smoke them when you're not golfing? Probably not. Eh, you don't enjoy them. Then the, uh, <laughs> well, you know, it goes back to cooking, right? You never should cook with a wine you wouldn't drink. Um, That's blasphemy. So. Drink the wine you want to drink when you're cooking. <laughs> well, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then dip the glass. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Julia Childs, right? Yeah, right. Know, it's, it's like, oh, yeah, that's enough. Yeah. 100%. But is... So, uh, what I think is actually a solid gar- cigar, right? Yeah, an Olive Series O, right? It, it's a solid cigar. It's fine. It, it's whatever it is. But it's my golf course cigar because they're not super expensive. And so, when I leave them behind, I don't cry. Um, Why don't you just not leave them behind? Because I'm stupid, Shane. Okay. And um, Everyone is. Trust me. I found some really nice cigars sitting on a tee box. Well, and, 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 and my evolution of playing golf has been this. So I grew up in Florida where you can't throw a dead cat without hitting a golf course, right? Right. And, and I grew up on a, a golf club that was a PGA stop back in the 70s and 80s. And um, so, you know, the, my grandfather belonged to the was Inverary in, in Fort Lauderdale, which was a great course at one point. And so I caddied there, you know, did, did all that stuff. And so I, I played a fair amount of golf. And in the off season, so during the summertime, you could play great courses. You could play Doral back in the day for 40 bucks in the off season. It, it was nothing. And you could play great courses for eight, ten dollars during the summer. Okay, because nobody played golf. Everything in there, everything in South Florida was designed to play from, you know, December through March. And you couldn't get on a golf course. You okay, because the Atlantic turn goes. Yeah, yeah, all the yeah, snowbirds okay. would come down yeah. and play and so on and so forth. So in the summertime, when it's a million degrees and a million percent humidity, you could get on these courses for nothing. So I would play two, three, four times a week. And I really tried to become a decent golfer. And I'm terrible at it. I took lessons and so on and so forth. My mechanics are terrible. You know, I, I'm tall with short legs and, and, you know, I have extended clubs, blah, blah, blah. 
And I finally got to the point where I wouldn't drink when I played. I wouldn't smoke when I played. I was really trying to get good, and I got so frustrated with it when I moved to Missouri. See, Mis- exactly why I never did that. Moved to Missouri. I didn't play 100%. for ten. I didn't play for ten years when I moved here. Um, and then I realized that oh wait, there's another aspect to this game. The aspect of the game is I could get away from it all for four hours. I could have a cocktail, I could smoke a cigar or four and really enjoy my time with my buddies and hang out and have a great time. And all of a sudden, the importance of, you know, hitting birdies, hitting pars, they kind of became to secondary to that experience. Hang on, hang on. Did you hit birdies? I used to, not anymore. Oh, okay. And, well, and listen, I'm a big guy, and I used to be able to drive the ball 320 consistently. Okay. Oh, I 320 to and, the woods. Well, I can't anymore because I'm old and I'm fat. Had a couple <laughs> shoulder surgeries later. And so now all of a sudden it's the experience of having a cocktail, smoking a cigar. Um, I, I will not get on to the first tee box <laughs> until I've lit up a cigar and start smoking. I don't care if I'm running late. I don't care what it is. I will light up a cigar. And this is where the part of the humidor comes into play where the, the cigars that I will give to my buddies who come and want, that want to smoke a cigar. And again, go back to the, the Olive Series O. Serio. It's a good cigar. Right. It's not great. It's a, it's right, medium body, whatever. And that's what I'll take them down the course. Now, if I'm taking going out with guys who are cigar guys, I'll bring other cigars with me. One of my favorite cigars is um, the Olive Series V Milano's. Um, really enjoy them. We've got the Serie V uh, Milano Maduro's yep. here. You're more the Habano uh, guy? What's that? You're the Habano guy or you're more the Maduro side? More the Habano. The Habano side? Yeah. Um, and, um, but, you know, again, it's just one of those experiences of, again, I, I just can't stress it enough to be out there, enjoy the company, enjoy the cigar, enjoy the scenery. And if I hit a par every now and again, I feel like I'm Jesus Christ. You know, other than that, I could give a shit less what my score is. Okay. All right, Shane, you? I don't switch it up. I just do what I do because I'm not irresponsible and don't leave my fucking cigar. Well, you're the greatest golfer I've ever heard of. <laughs> no, so we, we had this conversation one time. We were talking with a couple people, and we were like, they're like, yeah, I got cigars that I golf with because I don't care if I leave them. And then I got the cigars I smoke when I'm done. I'm like... Yeah, so we joked. I'm like, well, here's the problem. We fucking tee off on one smoking 90 Maduro Tubos from Padron. And maybe that's why our golf game's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's 7 a.m. and we're toking down some of the strongest Lajero San Andreas on the market. And, eh, fuck it, who knows? Whatever. But <laughs> I actually got to the point that I got so goddamn tired of... Actually, what it was for me, was I never left the cigar. It's that the ground would be damp a little... And I'd lay the cigar down three, four times. Right, right, right. And then it's pick totally, it up, and it's just yeah. moist, and it starts splitting well, see, on one I, I, side. And, and, and I'm bad. I have the cigar clips. You right? accessorizer. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll hook them onto the fucking cart, <laughs> and right? Then and, right. And, and right. then so that that's thing. So and if I get a cigar down to a certain size, I'll just keep it in my mouth. You know, mm-hmm. if the cigar is just freshly lit, and, I, and I'm a six by sixty guy. That's kind of my standard. Yeah, you know, I, I like a bigger ring gauge. Stop with the girthy comments. I know you were, you, yeah, you were going no, there. I was going to tell he you that gonna, the right? Cowboys is a 660 guy. And, and, used to be a 660 guy. And, uh, like, I, I love the um, the Ugh. CAO, the 7x70s, the um, 
we do have you them. actually in CAO? Yeah, it's the um, the big blocks. They have they have them in the um, oh the flatheads. The flatheads. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So the your, that's so, a good. That's probably one of the better six six. I'm gonna have flatheads. I'm gonna ask the cowboy. You're an Oliva smoker. Yeah. Have you ever smoked double Maduro Especial? Yeah. The Toro, Super Toros, Rebusos? Yeah. Okay. All right. Never mind. That um used to be a holiday release up until, what, three years ago now? I think two years ago. Yeah. That, I, I found that down at um, uh, Fort Myers at Little Cigar Hut on the beach. And I went in there and it was a Christmas thing. Maduro Especial only comes out once a year. Uh, the Olivia V series. And just fell in love with them, bought a box of them. And now they're pretty regular. But if I was golfing, uh, that would definitely be one I would love to have. I, I also think the Las Caveras, um, there's probably a couple years I would probably. But what I like about those cigars is I can leave it on the cart, go over, wait a little bit, smack my shot, and come back, and that baby's perfect. Yeah. Some days the humidity's right or whatever. I'll drop it in the grass. It's fine. No big deal. If it's early morning, you know, you just seasonal golfing. You know, you ain't no way you're putting that uh, cigar anywhere near the ground, especially when you're seeing your ball ring of water. Right. right. <laughs> well, hang but, on. If you see your ball ringing of water, if if if, if, if mine just goes and hits that house, that's good too. 300 yards to the right. Well, I'm just and, gonna, and part of the challenge I have it, is that I'll set them down, and then I think to myself, oh, how much fertilizer is on the ground? How much pesticide is on the ground? Wow, I've yeah, never enough of that. to keep it green, bro. Smoke well, that shit. Yeah, and maybe it's an oral fixation, but I have to have something in my mouth while I'm golfing. So I even put a golf tee in Again, my mouth. Again, this movie is making a lot of sense. <laughs> a lot of sense. Are there any uh, cuts of this thing? They get DVDs or yeah, they'll, they'll be private USB drive. Sure, sure, okay, sure, fine. I'm coming, but I'm wearing a blanket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Hodge, what did you pour? I want to want to talk about this because this is not Remus. That's Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, and I think it's 138 point. I mean, just short of one. Who's the pick from? It's a private barrel. Um, or is it Barrel Proof? It's I think it's it's private barrel. Yeah. Uh, Total Wine Distiller Selection. Fucking did it again. Uncut straight barrel. I'm gonna ask who's driving me home tonight. That's the 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 next question. Shane. Yep. The good news is he happens on a hotel that's less than a mile away. So yeah. if, I just, if I need I'm to just crash saying. So we're going to loft this uh, podcast idea up real quick. So we're talking about like a big dinner event and then rooms at the hotel. Yep. Yep. I love yeah, it. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's still in the air. We're talking about that. Yep. That's going to happen. We're looking at doing that for our crack and open of the whistle pig. Let's go. Oh, I saw it up there. I was going to do it. I might, we might still. We're, we wanted to wait until holidays got over. Yeah, you know, and everybody's bored in January or February. Yeah, we want to have a whistle pig tasting, you know, a one price fix thing, and uh, have some phenomenal steak, potato, and a salad. Well, there's just there's this unique aspect that you kind of have where, you know, when uh, you've been to like a corporate event that does a dinner and an event, and then they give you a discount to a hotel, right? Sure. Make a deal with the Marriott or the Hilton or the Holiday Inn. And you don't work for that company, but right. You know what I'm saying. You own the hotel and the lounge. Right, right. Word the thing up. No, I'm excited about that. That'll be fun. Excellent. But yep. what has been 
Um, we'll do this to kind of wrap out the episode. We'll give a couple, you know, 20 or whatever more minutes. Um, Shane, what has been your favorite cigar that you've found in the fourth quarter versus the bottles that you brought in for the bar? Being that you're a humidor that rotates and you, you handle with your customers, things always rotate in there. Things come in, things come out. And then the bar is always growing. What have you been most excited about that's come into the humidor and what's come onto the bar? Because I can answer that question f- for me. The bar side. I just re- we refilled Hooligan in the house blend today, so I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I was here late. I didn't see the bar back. We got a couple of new uh, bookers in. That's what I'm excited about. Um, <laughs> that's probably, you know, going to be... It, it's hard for... It's such a small volume bar. And we have... Fuck. There's only eight or nine distributors. Well, there is eight or nine distributors in St. Louis. Yeah, don't say only. There's there is eight or nine. Eight or nine. And we yeah. utilize... Seven. Seven or eight. You know, I think we're only missing one. Um, but Do you I'm work actually, with Bomberito Wines? Yeah. Oh, yeah, That's okay, how we get mind. our Pick and Bend. I thought you didn't have them. <laughs> yep. That's how we get our Pick and Bend. Um, Save that shit, dog. The Pick and Bend gin and tonic is tits, man. It is. Are just, you sounding out the end? Pick and Bend? Pick and Bend. 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 Okay, whatever well, you want to call it. It's a Missouri it. thing. It's like potato, pop, potato. It's, it's like 44. It's potty pie. Right. You know, I mean. 44 and it's a potato. <laughs> Shut <laughs> the fuck up. That's <laughs> easy. I, I'm <laughs> going to back it up. So the, the bookers, and I'm also going to second that with uh, Black Sheep is a new line of tequila we started to carry. Uh, Reed Lowe, who is a ex. Reed, you Canadian greed card having He fuck. is a very good friend of mine. Uh, we are members of a club, another story, another day, which I have to get you guys to, Adventure Unknown out in Fenton. Uh, but he owns Power Play Beverages, and he, he brought us onto the Black Sheep, and it is phenomenal. I'm starting to gear in my taste buds. I just love tequilas, you know. It's So I'm going to say Black Sheep and uh, Booker's, fourth quarter. Cigar? I like cigars. I'm not anywhere near what you guys are in cigars. When somebody comes in the humidor and Jen and I are here, they're asking me and I'm like, Jen, got a question about the humidor. I love that. Black Sheep Tequila. You know, Reed and I, I love that guy. The fucking dude's an, an idiot. I love him. He's the best. He is he he's, the best. He's the fucking best. Yep. He's a large gummy bear. Yes. And love that dude. A large gummy bear. But that's a perfect description. I he, can't wait to he, I can't wait to hug him next time I see tomorrow oh, yeah. morning. Probably. I just tried to FaceTime him. He wouldn't answer the phone. I was gonna put him on the podcast right now. He I he uh, me. I well then I'm gonna FaceTime that motherfucker. He answers for me. <laughs> I was at lunch yesterday at Bartolino's over the hill and he was walking out getting in a small little SUV with somebody and he had bottles he was holding on to my <laughs> oh hey Reed <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to hear you uh, that's fine I just wanna let you know we're on the podcast right now and all these fuckers say hi hi my brother love you 
We're, we're all asking for your green card. <laughs> I hang up on him. Nice. Yeah, well, awesome. the last that's time I saw Reed, we had a conversation about how he was a Canadian Kodiak and I'm an American Grizzly and we're going to go at it one day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I, back, yeah. to my, back to my film. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. I know. Dude. <laughs> We're going to have to get a cut for this for the Patreon, at least. They pay for it. It's fine. Um, no, that Black Sheep Vodka was a lot of fun. So Tequila. The, the tequila. I apologize. Tequila yep, yep, yep. is where I was going with that. Yep. Sorry. So about two years ago. Was that two years ago in your pool or last year in your pool? Yeah, two years ago. Ah, you. Your pool. Oh, yeah. Two years ago. I came over, and uh, I don't know that the Cowboy had really had tequila outside his, he he makes some killer fucking fresh squeezed margaritas. He uses hornitos, fresh. Oh, dude, it's it's amazing how he makes them. The uh, Quantro, it's amazing. <coughs> I came over and I brought a bottle of Claus Azul. He never had Claus Azul, right? Just uh, the Reposado, white blue bottle. Bring it over. I'm like, hey, when you hit the bell, it dings. <laughs> Ding, tequila time. <laughs> we sat down. We drank that whole bottle. And, and I, I went to my worried. truck, and I'm I got like, another bottle. You know, I don't drink a lot of and tequila. And then we start drinking the other bottle. And then he's like, hey, you want to pour? I'm like, yeah, do we have tequila? He goes, yeah, man. I'm like, you good? He goes, how are you feeling? I'm like, dude, I'm fine, bro. It's the summertime. We're in the water. We're drinking tequila. Dude, he goes, right. I don't think I'm drinking a thing. I'm like, isn't it great? Isn't it? <laughs> right? We'll until tomorrow. It's amazing. <laughs> right. He, he probably gave me three or four of these drinks. Yep. And I'm like, man, I feel great. What are we doing? He goes, what do you mean, what do we do? The bottle's gone. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and this was like 2 o'clock. And I'm like, well, what do we got next? Because I was... But I, I really think the better quality, uh, like anything, it's just it's just fantastic. It just... Um, I don't know how it all works, but I mean, I, I felt great. I didn't feel like I was getting overdone um and then how was the next day fantastic right first of all i i I don't get hangovers right it doesn't matter to me either i'm one of those weirdo guys never gets hangovers never has any problems but um i I loved it i wish they weren't 200 a bottle because yeah well we got the black which is 200 you know plus and then we got the reposado anejo you know and they're they're Reasonably priced. I mean, they're yeah, right there I'll, with them. I'll never forget. So they do a Day of the Dead bottle every year. Claus Azul does. And it's always black charcoal, different Calavera skulls on it. And every single one of them, I find them I'm like, yes. Scroll down, check out 1700, 17. I'm like, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I'm so glad you guys don't have shop pay because I'd be paying monthly installments (laughs) on alcohol. Well, go back to the Black Sheep. You know, we had the Anejo for a long time. Then we got the Super Anejo. Mm -hmm. The Super, yep. Which is just, I mean... We broke that in, didn't we? That night? Mm -mm. A cigar of it? I don't know. No, we we just got the Super in. Was Reed here when that night? Yes. In October? Do I need to send you the pictures we took? Dude. (laughs) Yo, it's on the event in September, bro. Yeah, I was here for that. Dude. I don't know if we had the black that the super the super yeah the, maybe the, we did yeah the, the super something else yeah yeah the super was amazing I I think that's the bottle he snuck in my bag that I have at home the super now that one, <laughs> I don't think you guys had it um, but yeah no man uh, 
without disparaging the former owners of that company and the time in which that I worked with them as their brown goods specialist, um, when I met Reed for the first time in uh, 2019, um, that's when we or 18, we first met in 18, um, I connected with that dude immediately. Uh, I brought him over to the house. We all hung out and had cigars in the house. Um, on your back porch. On the back porch of my old house in Imperial. We all hung out right there. And uh, I've been in contact with that guy since the time I left the company till moved on from there, did everything else. And not one time has passed. And I get a text one day, and he's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, yeah, what's up, dude? He's like, hey, I own PowerPlay now. I'm like, it's about goddamn time, man. Because he, he was always the guy that was looking at the, the quote owner. And, and I'm not disparaging anybody, you know. You got goals. Some goals are higher for other people. Sure. Loss are a little different. Degrees are different on separate sides and things like that. And uh, I just knew, like when I had my exit interview, I said, you know, I looked at Reed and I was like, yo, if, if you were running this thing, I wouldn't be leaving. And two years later, I get a text. Hey, what are you up to? I'm like, well, as a matter of fact, let me text Shane and Jen. I'm, we're going to do this event. I think you just go in and meet them. Let's, uh, let's bring your stuff in. Now that he's doing he's got a full sales force now. Yep. He's he's at fucking um, uh, in the loop. He's at, he's in Randall's, yeah, I think. He's mm, in... Uh, no, he's else? at a bar right now. Oh, at, well, oh well, I'm just saying his stuff is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all over. Oh, he's everywhere now. Yeah. yeah. He's got a full sales team going on now. He's eliminated any issues that he had. He has built a team that is developing his product. He has eliminated product that didn't mean anything for the brand. And uh, that price list you have up there is about a third of what it used to be. Right. And it's the third that needs to be inside restaurants. Yeah, we carry his wine, too. He's got, well, he carries Opelo. a bunch of different. Opelo. 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 dude. Yep. That Opelo. Zin is the number two Zin in the world. I don't give a shit about that. that. Their cab, their cab is phenomenal. Have you had their red Zin? I have not. I was there for the Red Zen. Oh, so it's they're, they're, better they're, than the cab, and I'm a cab guy. I'm a cab. I, I am a cab. I died in the world cab guy. Yep. Yep. And, and when he broke out the Red Zen, I was like, okay, fine, I'll try it. And I said, holy balls! I mean, it, it, it has spice to it. It complements cigars perfectly. Yep. I mean, their Red Zen is lights out. The price point is perfect. Um, it is go back to the you know the law of dimension returns uh and wine gets silly right I and mean, wine gets silly fast yeah but can't um, the difference with wine though is can't you buy like bonds for barrels sure and yeah. sell them to some dude with a scarf in 30 yep. years and make a million dollars yeah there, 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 there's a whole other side of the market for wine you sell a bourbon to a guy now. It's a guy in Vans with a fucking right. backwards hat on and a right. flannel. <laughs> but the, the, the Opalo is lights out, um, and the cab is excellent. But yep. the Red Zen is melt your face There's off. There's a reason why it's number two. Phenomenal. You know, yeah, it's got yeah. a little spice on the back end. I've not had um, that. Compliments with the cigar. Yeah. yeah. It, it's become kind of one of my go-to for sure. <laughs> All right, Bourbon Cowboy, I would like you to address the forum tonight. <laughs> I got about 10 more minutes. I got another meeting to get to. I want you, okay, so let's wrap this out. I want you to loft up, we'll send Jim back here, put a mic on. Yeah. I want you to loft up a bourbon question of the night. Best bourbon of the night or thoughts on the bourbon tonight? 
and then I want you to talk about that cigar you're smoking. Now that you're in the final third. Well, there's no doubt the three that we um, drank, I mean, my heart will always be with Heaven Hill. I mean, I just think there's just something about Heaven Hill. I mean, when you look at a standard, uh, the bottle and bond industry, there's nobody that does bottle and bonds better than Heaven Hill. So that, when I started out with the white label, the six year, which is the first drink um, that me and Mark had Did together. You, can, can I ask this? I don't think I've ever asked this. Did you have the Heaven Hill six year before you bottled Fitz? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I just think this has been a really nice extension of what they all do. Um, and it's glad, I'm, I'm glad to see it here at a reasonable price so everybody can enjoy Heaven Hill. Um, but this Remus was just in an uh, out of the blue thing that happened. Like I said, I've never seen a, a, um, a barrel pick from somebody uh, with this. And I thought that was really a nice surprise. Um, I thought that was really good. And I mean, the Elijah Craig um, private barrel, these have been around now, I guess, a year or two. Still having And there's a lot of them out there, and they're different, you know, um, there's a lot of different ones, a lot of different proofs or whatever. But um, I thought all of it really went well tonight uh, with our first cigar, the Hooligan. And then <clears throat> this one is the cigar, the Turkish Assemble. Am I yep. uh, doing it right? Um, I just think it's a very unique experience. I mean, it, it is a different smoking cigar. Um, I don't know, um, and you guys can say more about it because it's a real new smoke for me. Um, the construction is definitely different. I think it needs a lot of, um, you have to um, be on this cigar. You have to be lighting it and watching it um, because I don't know where where are these rolled and constructed? Is it in Turkey or where do they do these? No, no, no. Because the construction is a little different. I think this is a cigar that you just can't. You know what? Most of us are used to lighting a cigar and letting it go and not having to worry too much. But this one, I think you have to pay attention to. You have to give it your utmost attention to keep it working well. But I think it has a a, a lot of uh, flavors that. Um, are different than what I'm used to smoking, but the retrohale is good. It's an upper sweet on my retrohale, but I mean, I think it's a different cigar. I think this is, uh, I, I, I think that's the best way to describe it. Even now I'm looking at it and it's just, um, I wouldn't say this is a beginner cigar. I mean, you, no. you yeah. have to know cigars and whatever, be able to smoke this and enjoy it. You know, well, you know, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Mark. Before is that you know the Turkish tobacco, that kind of pipe tobacco. You know, a pipe you have to work a pipe. Yeah, right? you got to toke it. You gotta and so it I, I'm a pipe it. smoker yeah. as well. And, and you know, you, you've got to work a pipe, right? You, you can't just let it go. So it's Nicaraguan is where it's actually manufactured. Um, and I agree with that, right? You, you have to maintain this. this hey, the this, best this, things in life you got to work for. Right. This is advanced right. citizenry. This, this this is not a beginner cigar. This is something that you, you need to work at a little bit. But, you know, it's like anything good in life that you have to work at, whether it's a beautiful woman, whether it's uh, owning a business, whether it's having a podcast, 
you know, you, you got to work for it a little bit, and I like that about it. It, make, it makes you go after it. it. It's not just a light it and forget it. it you got to maintain it. Um, and I think that adds to complexity. No, it's beautiful. It. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're here. That's why we do the podcast um, to try different things and explore different avenues. And this is a different one. I never thought that I would be smoking a Turkish Espanol cigar tonight. And it's fantastic. With good company. And, uh, you know, of course, we absolutely love Cigar Vault. Right, with right a good com- with good company and Shane. <laughs> and Shane, yeah. Hey, did I hit it right, a little so... bit better bringing this on versus <laughs> yes, last did, time? Yes, sir. Well, you asked me, pick me what one. I brought you the little dickle, and you were unimpressed. Well, <laughs> that's a different podcast. Right. That's a Tennessee podcast. We're going, right. going back to my film, right, with little dickle? Oh, wait, that's something different. Exactly. So, all right. Well, let's wrap this guy up. Uh, Shane, thank you so much. Thank you for Cigar Vault. Thank you for everything you do for Craft Imperial. Thank you for allowing yes, us to do everything sure. we get to do for Craft Imperial You're and welcome. Cigar thank Vault. You. Absolutely. Um, it's nothing short of amazing what you have going on. We're so stoked for the events. We're beyond amazed with what you're growing this thing. I'll say that alone. You know, I'm, I'm not you. worried about that. Um, so why don't you say your goodbyes? Goodbye. Shane, Cigar Vault. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Shane, Shane and Jen. Cigar Vault. Love yeah, it. There you go. Um, yeah. Wow. I hope to be more involved in these in the future. But uh, Hell yeah. Yes, sir. We're, Hell yeah. We're, We'd love to have you. We're busy, you know. But mm-hmm. I, I do love the fact that Mark has been on me to, all right, we're coming to the state. All right, here's the time. All right, we're excited to see you. All right, all right. And it's like, you know. Motherfucker, I got to wrangle you down like a cowboy. Right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Like I said, I, I, I'm but racing I off to the next one of them rope and loop half things. meeting and... Uh, <laughs> It's all good. All right. Half well, enjoy your it. night. Yeah. From the Viking, look, mahalo, guys. Thank you so much. Leo? Appreciate you guys having me. It's been a fun experience. I love podcasts. I, lo- I love the concept of it. But I, I love, to your point, the brotherhood. You know, the, the you know, time together, spend with like-minded individuals. Um, just, just a great experience. Thank you for having me. All right, we got to close with you. why meow. Sorry, we do. Oh, get shit. Back Someone's got to do it. Do the meow. All right, so we're going to the PCA show. We got a whole bunch of us going from the Scar Vault, our bartenders and whatnot. And I'm responsible for saying who's, what, 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 what do you want on your name tag? You know, is it Jen? Is it Jennifer? Is it Jenny? You know, so she goes by Jen. I go by Shane. I go by Fro. I was, my... I, I was not given the option. No, I, I was filling it out. I was doing it. And um, Bill went, and Bill was Civil War. Civil War Bill, because there was another story. Well, then I'm writing out Leo's, and I just for some reason put meow. And the of cat's course, daddy boy. Of course, he gets his badge, and he is like, "What the fuck?" <coughs> but the reality of it is, anybody, and I'm talking anybody from a cigar rep vendor all the way up to Leo's most famous beloved movie star so we're, we're jazz so so we're, so we're there we, we get you get our name badges printed out and they have your first name in big letters so people could you know address you and talk to you yep. your last name in little letters and you know the pca is the most amazing trade show i've ever been to i've been to trade shows for financial industry for construction industry 
and this blows them all away. The, the, the setup some of the vendors have is just magnificent. They said yeah, like good Cuban thing you villages. never saw IPCPR. And, and you know, just just amazing. So one of the releases they have there is Chaz Palminter, who's my favorite actor of all time. Yeah. He's been you know in all the mob movies, so on and so forth. Uh, but a Bronx Tale is far and away my favorite yep. movie. Now yous can't leave. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, and, and I did not know that he was going to be there. We didn't, no. And, and uh, he had a, a, rele- a limited release that he was doing. Um, and so, of course, he's there the first night, and you can't even get near him, right? You know, he, him and Guy Fieri are probably the two most famous yeah. people that are there, yeah. right? Yep. And, and you can't even get near either one of the guys. And I'm trying to chase him down. He's got he's got his own security detail with yeah. him, right? Yep. And so the second day, we go in and actually see the vendors, and everybody's you know kind of hawking their wares. And there's a massive line to see him, you know, blah blah blah. So I kind of walk by, and there's not that many people there. So I get in line, and we're there and able to get up and talk to him. And you know, we're talking, start talking about cigars. He's talking about where his 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 father was from in Italy, and so on and so forth. Same area from Italy that my grandparents are from. So we're kind of jiving, right? We're talking back and forth. And his security guys are kind of like, hey, let's move on. He's like, no, 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 I'm talking to this guy, whatever. And he's looking at me, though, like a chick with big tits. He's looking at me right <laughs> in my chest, not in my eye. And then finally goes, you know, goes, oh, you know, so what's with the meow? And I'm saying, go, motherfucking shame. And, 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 and so, yeah, I, and I wish there was a good story behind it. It's uh, him just being a jerk off, right? You know, and, and, and so, you know, I'm trying to, like, riff and yeah, come up with a good story. And I, I don't have one. And he's kind of giggling and laughing and. Yeah, so really, and it was. So all the vendors there now know me as Meow. Yeah. So I guarantee you, we're going back in March, and I guarantee you, to Shane's credit, they're going to remember Meow. Yeah. Because they would not have remembered. So, you know, yeah, it worked it, out what beautiful. Every single person we talked to, I mean, they're just staring at my chest the whole time. Came and carry on a conversation and became like, so, so, so Meow? So, yeah, so, so that, that there's really no great reason other than Shane being Shane as to why Meow. But it has now become my official, you know, I have this whole brand as a cigar guy, which, you know, I'm on social media and Facebook and podcasts and whatever. But, yeah, all the people at PCA now know me as Meow. So thanks, Shane. I appreciate it. <laughs> right on. Hey, I'm known as well, Bro. With, with Meow and his fun with the Bronx Tale Jazz, why don't you uh, take us out, Cowboy? Yeah, listen, thanks so much. Nice to meet you, Leo and Shane and the Cigar Vault. We love you guys, no doubt about it. This is probably our second to last uh, podcast of the year. I'm sure me and Mark will uh, come up with something creative to go out with a great bang from the Bourbon Cowboy. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Cause right. Merry, of Christmas. Course. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Happy Merry holidays. Yeah. And as always, we thank you guys for listening. Until next time, giddy up. Hey, guys. FFK here. Make sure to tune into every episode of Craft and Foodle. And don't forget that as listeners, you guys receive a 15% discount on the entire order when you shop at my store. Promo code CraftBoodle15. Once again, CraftBoodle15. Make sure you follow me at Instagram at FFK underscore stands. So you can receive that discount. And once again, thanks for listening and thanks for enjoying the podcast. You're listening to Stone Tribe on the Craft and Puro podcast. Download our brand new song, Island Time, and help us raise money for United Cerebral Palsy. 25% of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures. Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com for music and the latest Stone Tribe merch.